In these trying times, congregation, I have very few words to comfort you. There is no comfort. <laughs> there is only private justice. All I can say is that the 700 Tapes podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only, and they do not own the rights to any of the clips that will be used on this program. Reverend, he was torn apart! Also, to put your soul at ease, you can tell yourself the 700 Tapes podcast will contain adult language and adult humor. So if you're easily offended, please stop listening. Howl. I mean, now. In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia, and if you like VHS, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. Every month after that, whenever the moon was full. What? Hey, it is tracks. Good going, Scoob. Judging from the size, outline, and general configuration, I would say they're definitely the tracks of a large wolf. But he's gone, so we got nothing to worry about. There's only one thing that bothers me. What's that? Wolves are four-legged animals. But these were made by a two-legged one. A werewolf! A werewolf! There are no such things as werewolves. Let's make sure we all understand. When Shag and Scoob distract the werewolf, we snag him with this crane and hook. Then it's up, up, and away for the old werewolf, and we got him. Listen, Martin. You have got to get this idea out of your head. I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. In the made-up stories, the guy who's the werewolf only changes when the moon is full. But maybe he's like this almost all the time. That the face of the beast always becomes known. And the time of the beast always passes. Help! Who could that be? Help! Help! It's the werewolf! Sure doesn't sound much like a werewolf anymore. Well, let's fish him out too. Tech, you're gonna shoot a .44 bullet at anyway. Into the silver. How about a werewolf? We sure thank you, kids, for unraveling the smuggling mystery for us. Aww. We 
just couldn't figure out how those sheep rustlers got them across the river without being seen. Floating them downstream in those barrels with the air hoses was pretty ingenious. First, they'd shear them here in the mill. Then they'd ship them off to the black market somewhere. Well, that's about it. And the werewolf disguises and the open grave were just to scare off intruders. Shucks, he didn't scare Scoob and me for a minute. <laughs> What's that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Consult local listing. They can sense the rhythm of your blood. What do you see? They can sense the rhythm of your blood. What do you see? They can sense the rhythm of your blood. What do you see? They can sense the rhythm of your blood. What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Shit. What's up, freaks and weirdos? Welcome to another hair-raising episode of the 700 Tapes Podcast. We hope you can howl at the moon. We hope that you are transformed by what you're about to hear. I'm your host, Jasperino. Joined as always by the man, the myth, the legacy, and whatever you do, do not take him a bath. Mr. Roman Alvarado. Woo! How you doing, brother? Fucking great. Hell yeah. You? Doing alright. It's funny, uh, I made this uh, intro like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Totally forgot about it. It was almost as new to me as it was to you. Damn. I was trying to weave a... Uh, Funny Scooby Doo, no, no, that Silver tight. Bullet rap mashup. Like, tight. <laughs> I don't know. And of course, if we're dealing with werewolves, we got to use Rob Zombie, mm-hmm. Werewolf Baby. The funny thing is, I was going to ask, was this White Zombie or Rob? Rob. You can, I can never tell the difference. Oh yeah, it's Rob Zombie. Um, I can tell just because I'm a super fan, but the vocals are a little bit different with White Zombie. He's a little more. Growly than when his solo stuff, and plus the music, the you can kind of tell the music is a little different. Gotcha. White Zombie had a unique sound because of the musicians that were playing with him, mm-hmm. in which he replaced all those musicians when he did his own thing. So when he became a super beast. Yep. <laughs> I want to dig through the ditches and burn through the witches, but you won't slam in the back of my Dragula. <laughs> I see what you did there. Did you know he's uh, rebooting the monsters? Really? Yes. Like funny or? I hope I don't know. And I know a lot of people when I said that are cringing right now, but I I'm digging it. I like it. No, no, no. I like it. Um, I am one of the horror fans that is a fan of the Halloween mm-hmm. remakes by Rob Zombie. I like all the Rob Zombie movies. Um, including and up to Lords of Salem and 31, which a lot of people didn't get. But the horror community is kind of split down the middle when it comes to Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. 
There's nobody like it's all right. You either hate him or you love him. Gotcha. Movie wise, I don't know about music, but movie wise, mm-hmm. you hate him or you love him. There's no in between. So it's like Sonic Youth. You hate him or you love him. There's no nobody that's like Sonic Youth. All right. You're either a super fan or fucking can't stand the sound of him. But I digress. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about Sonic Youth or White Zombie or Rob Zombie. We are here to talk about. Goddamn Silver Bullet, Stephen King, 1985, Corey Haim, Gary Busey, Drunken Goodness. You are listening to the 700 Chase Podcast, all VHS review all the time, with our VCRs and our rewinders and our Be Kind Rewind stickers and our nostalgia, armed to the teeth to bring you the best in VHS review every time we sit down to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say every, every week, every two weeks, every whenever, we goddamn feel like it. Damn right. Because that's how we do things. Damn right. Busy stuff, man. Busy lives. Lots of shit going on. Who are you telling? And uh, you know what, though? I think we were talking about this a little bit last time. Even though it, sometimes it takes us longer to sit down, it means a little more when we finally do. Damn right. You know what I mean? Damn right. I like it. Damn right. So uh, we are covering Stephen King's Silver Bullet today. So it is... Uh, Sweltering here in the outlands of Arizona. We are damn mid-July. Mm-hmm. And uh, no end in sight for us. We're going to be doing this shit till early October. Right. Can't even fucking wash a car right about now. Oh, hell no. It's monsoon season. Ugh. Blowing dust. I drove through Haboob the other day. Mm-hmm. I've been doing some cool things, though. Um, wait, wait, wait. You got to get some, some house cleaning things out of the way. Oh, that's right. You are listening to the 700 Chase Podcast. You can find us sometimes if you can find us. Maybe you can listen to the 700 Chase Podcast. Sometimes you can find <laughs> us on Instagram at uh, 700 Tapes. Uh, that is where we are most prevalent, if we are prevalent at all. But that's the important one because you want to go there. Go to our, the link in our bio Hit that link and it will show you everywhere you can catch us or wherever you find your favorite podcast you can listen to us. But most importantly, it's got a link to our Etsy store. And I got some cool shit coming to that Etsy store soon. I was showing some of it to you, Roman, Mm -hmm. before we did this. I got some keychains I'm working on, some bottle openers, all new, all fresh stuff coming to the store. So make sure and check that out. You can also check us out on Facebook at 700 Tapes. Join our Facebook group, also called 700 Tapes Podcast. Uh, find us on Twitter, Jasperino, at HOF Podcast. No. Ooh. HOF. Damn. Wow, that was... Uh, Damn, little... blast from the past. Yeah, Jasperino, at 700 Tapes. Damn, was that That's off little... the cuff? Yeah, oh, that was weird. I don't know why I did that. Damn. You know why? It's because I logged in on my phone the other day because I saw something on Instagram that referred me to Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I tried to log into Twitter, and I got an email... You know, because someone tried to log in from a different device. Mm-hmm. For some reason, even though I changed the email address it's, and the thing that says Jasperino at 700 Tapes and the email address to it is 700tapes at gmail.com, where you can drop us a line if you want to talk to us. But it came up and said, yeah, Jasperino at HOF Podcast. And I was like, why is it still saying that? I'm like, I go to Twitter and I'm like trying to figure it out and it all looks right. Mm-hmm. And like I've said many times before, I don't understand Twitter. I don't really care for Twitter. Right. I'm only on Twitter because it's connected to my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I gave up. So I'm assuming it's still Jasperino at 700 Tapes. But if you find it at HOF, drop me a line. Let me know. 
I'm going to be honest with you. Full disclosure here. We are raw and live like a suicide on Southern Chase Podcast. I really don't give a fuck either way. <laughs> there, I said it. Booyah. So those of you that don't know, um, not that you can look this up, but I used to do another podcast called the House of Freaks Podcast. It was paranormal. Um, I hope to maybe post some of those episodes at some point. Um on the SoundCloud, which will go to everything else where you listen to us as maybe a special. I don't know. Um, we'll cross that bridge someday when we get there. Maybe someday if we ever have a Patreon, we'll do it on something like that. So you can check out old shit. Nice. Roman and I might do a couple para- paranormal episodes uh, extra ourselves. Yeah. A little uh, House of the Freaks Redux, Ooh. if you will, if I may. Right. You know, redo, redux, whatever it's called, however you pronounce it. Um, but aside from that... You and I were talking that we've been a little absent from social media. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're just getting old or are we just played out? Is it just played out? I think it's all the above, really? to be honest. Like, it is just... I, will, I get on Instagram. I look at shit. We were laughing at a video right before we got on. Right. They just have funny... But as far as posting, I man, I am like four episodes back now. I think the last episode I posted on the page mm-hmm. was Friday the 13th. Damn. And that's when good old Johnny Ringo was here with us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I every time I even take the pictures of the tapes and I'm going to put them up. And I even had the Marshmallow Man out in your way when you went to sit down because I was going to take a picture next to the Ghostbusters tapes. Right. When we did Ghostbusters, what, two podcasts ago? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just don't get around to doing it. I, I, I'm busy doing other things that feel more relevant to my life. Right. Than these... And I'm just, I, honestly, I'm kind of sick of social media running our lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of uh, everybody getting their opinion from the internet instead of forming one on their own. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of tired of it all around. I'm being a cranky old man. No. It's a cranky old man episode of 700 Tapes. For sure. Like, it, it's one of those things I'm where. sipping my sweet tea. It doesn't, um, I feel like, because there's, there's people out in the world that feel like, you know, social media takes away from their regular life, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm of the mind, you know. I, I laugh when people say I got to take a break from social media because it's right. just so much. I'm like, yeah. no, it's so much because you do so you much on let, there, and you let it right. get to you. Like, what the hell did we do before social media? Like, so like now, like I fucking forget. Like I'll like it's like a buffer for me now. Like if I'm doing something, and I have like a little bit of downtime, I might look at it. Right. To, you know, but other than that, the last thing I posted was about my car. Yeah. Like that I can really think of. Wow. Like I don't give a shit. And that oh, was yeah. April. The last thing I posted was Friday the thirteenth. So, so. <laughs> it's just eh it it's it's not as and important. Like, as I do it cool used to shit. Be. Like and I was telling you, I feel like I'm neglecting these freaks and weirdos out here mm-hmm. because I'm not posting anything. Like I've been doing cool shit and I'm I I always think, Man, I should take a picture of this and post it on Instagram and I'm like I'm not gonna post it on Instagram. Like I just watched uh in fact, I got to catch up tonight because we're actually doing this early, mm-hmm. which is crazy on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but tonight I'm going to watch, as soon as we're done here and wrapped up, I'm going to watch Fear Street 1666 Part 3. Because oh. I've already watched Fear Street Part 1, 1994, and Fear Street Part 2, 1979, which were amazing. Hmm. So now Part 3, and they're full-length movies part on Netflix, mm-hmm. Part 3 is 1666. If you guys have not seen this, and if you're... If you were born any time from, like, 1972 on, mm-hmm. you're going to love this because this is your shit. Uh, the first one happens in 1994. second one happens in 1979. And 
1994 one is kind of an homage to 90s horror. Mm-hmm. The 79 one is totally an homage to Friday the 13th. And then I'm interested to see what the 1666 one does. It's kind of teeny bopper horror-ish, mm-hmm. but I loved it. I went in kind of with an open mind, not sure what I was going to think, but not sure, not, not sure, sure what, what I was going to think, but I loved them. I nice. absolutely loved them. Um, they were very entertaining. Uh, they were cheesy, but I think they were supposed to be cheesy. Mm-hmm. They had all the horror movie tropes in them, but I think they were supposed to. The 1994 one, the soundtrack was so good, it was almost over the top. I felt like they maybe put way too much more 90s music in it than they had to. Because mm-hmm. like, every scene had a different song. Like two or three songs in a scene. like It was constantly changing. But I loved every song they played. So I didn't really have much to complain about, you know? Nice. Good shit. Really nice. good shit. Um, I also, and you guys are going to be like, he says he's busy, but he's talking about his TV he's watching. I have a laptop now. Mm. This is awesome. I can sit there and work while I'm watching shit. What? Um, Look at you, fucking old man coming right? out of the cave. I binged WandaVision. Uh-huh. Have you watched that? Uh-uh. Amazing. And you guys, I oh, came out six months ago. I know. I'm behind the times. Um, I started watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Couldn't mm-hmm. get into it, so I stopped, and I just started watching Loki, mm-hmm. which I cannot wait for the second season yeah, now. they said Loki is a fucking it amazing. It is fucking awesome. The best, yeah, it's the best thing they've done, I think, as far as the little episodic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really, I, I think I'm going to watch it again. Nice. That's how good it was. Nice. So. Somebody was uh, describing it to me the other day, and they were saying that it, it, it picks up right where Endgame Right in Endgame, when he takes the Tesseract, the tesseract. and disappears, mm-hmm. it picks up right there. And they've got this thing going now with the timelines. Mm-hmm. They can do anything with anybody that they want and just say, oh, it's, the, it's another timeline. That's not the cinematic Loki. This is the Loki from this other timeline that got away. Or, you know, The alligator Loki. <laughs> Dude, the alligator Loki's amazing. <laughs> He's like, and he bites off another Loki's hand. It's great. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but if you guys have not watched Loki, do it. WandaVision was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, WandaVision starts off funny, Mm -hmm. and then increasingly gets more and more dark. And it takes you to this dark place, and I love that. I absolutely love that. When they get you laughing, and then you're like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Yeah, Holy shit. Good shit, man. Good shit. Um, I watched a couple of movies, but I couldn't tell you what they were now, because I'm all excited about Loki. Um, And it's been a couple weeks, but I've watched... Dude, I've been binging on 80s horror. I don't know what's going on with me lately. I'm trying to think. What have I But watched? I jumped into... Uh, I, I watched Video Drone. I watched uh, um, Humanoids from the Deep again. Um, yeah, I've been binging on 80s horror. I don't know if it's the time of year. I'm gearing up for Halloween already. Right. You know me. I start in June. My Halloween season starts in June. I'm already programming. We're not even through our summer blockbuster series. Mm-hmm. I'm already programming Halloween. So, and he's been telling me this off mic for fucking, right. you know, since June. Fact, I'm gonna hold up. I got. I ordered a special tape. This is gonna be one of our Halloween movies. I'm not gonna tell anybody <laughs> what it is, but I'm showing it to Roman. Is this gonna be dope or what? Yes. Yes. One thing I've also gotten into is I'm trading tapes now on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are on Instagram, you want to trade tapes with me? Contact me because I've been having a blast. All the shit right here is shit I picked up on Instagram. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I've got uh, Razorblade Smile, which is a really cool vampire movie from the late 90s. I've got uh, the original Ringu, the Japanese version that I picked up on Instagram. 
Um, oh, another Halloween movie that's going to be part of our double tap that I don't want to give away. Roman, I don't know if you're going to know what this is or not. Mm-mm. Fuck. All right. But I'm going to show it to you. Mm-mm. I'm not going to give anything away, but I would give you a hint. And you guys who know what this is will know. This is from the, I think it's from the late 70s. It's a cartoon. I'm going to double tap this with another cartoon for Halloween. Mm-hmm. They're both going to be Halloween episodes or cartoons. Um, it is a Halloween cartoon from the late 70s. I'm about to give this away. I'm giving this away for actual diehard horror fans uh, involving Gilda Radner. And some of you right now are going, holy fuck, you found that on VHS? Holy fuck, yes, I did. <laughs> and I'm excited. It was something I used to watch as a kid. And for and if you guys ever listened to my old podcast, you know exactly what it is because I did half an episode on it because... For the longest time, I thought it was a dream because mm-hmm. I couldn't find it anywhere, but I could see it in my head, and I didn't know what it was called. And you know how like you think you make stuff up? Mm-hmm. You know what else was like that for me from when I was a kid that until I realized what it was was Groovy Ghoulies, which is a it was a pretty popular cartoon mm-hmm. back in the '60s, I think it was. But the Groovy Ghoulies I used to watch all the time when I was really young, and then I couldn't remember what it was called. I could never find anything on it pre-internet, of course. So I always thought, did I make that up? Like a cartoon with Dracula. And Frankenstein's monster and the werewolf and the mummy running around being goofy and having, you know. Mm-hmm. But no, it's an awesome cartoon. If you guys don't know what it is, you should look it up. Nice. Okay, so that's I've done way more shit, but I'm not going to talk about it because I've I've really been in this place where I'm kind of coming back into my own, mm-hmm. but I'm finding it's a different my own than it was before. Like I don't know what it is, Roman. I can't explain it. It's weird. Uh, it's like a self-discovery type thing. It's called full circle. Yeah, but so one thing I did do two weeks ago. God, I keep talking. Fourth of July you're weekend. Fine, you're fine. Fourth of July weekend. I went to Mad Monster. Right, right, right. Okay, so yes, and then because uh, you were talking about doing karaoke, because I had to go yes, out of town, and we did uh, horror karaoke, which I invited you to, but you were going to be out of town. Mm-hmm. I went to Mad Monster, and first off. I've never gone to a con by mm. myself. Okay. And it was the first time I had stepped foot on a vendor's floor at a con for three years. Damn. So, and there's too much to go into, but there was a freedom there. Fuck it. Go into there it. There is a freedom there Fuck that it. I've never known in my life. Let's hear it. I was walking around this. Well, first off, it was cool because right when I walked in the fucking hotel, because these things are, if you guys you guys go to cons, you know this, they're always like in the, the grand ballroom or whatever at the hotel or the vendor room or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have the separate rooms for like your panels and shit. But my biggest thing is always the vendor room because that's where I'm at selling shit. Mm-hmm. Halfway to the vendor room, I already start running. I ran into two people I had known that I hadn't seen in a while. Nice. I started running into people right away and everybody was happy to see me. And then I got in there and I'm walking around. I'm seeing all these vendors that I really didn't know, no, mm-hmm. but we recognized each other because we'd been working the same shows for years together. Hey, haven't seen you in a while. Are you set up? No, I'm not set up this time. I'm just walking around. Like, oh, man, what's going on? Where you been? Like, yeah, and it probably took me an hour and a half to get around the vendor floor because I kept running into people I knew that I was talking to. It was nice. so cool. Shout out to Jay Photos. I ran into him. Um, he does a really he does really cool comics. Look him up. The one that I was familiar with from back in the day was uh, called Sixty Eight uh, Zombie. It was a it was a Vietnam zombie comic and it was really good. I used to have a Jimi Hendrix zombie shirt from it. Nice. But shout out to UJ Photos. I don't know if you're listening, but if you guys know who he is, he's a cool dude. Um, I talked to him for like forty five minutes at his table because I literally had not seen him for like four years. Damn. And um, 
just I ran into a bunch of different people mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen in a long time. Picked up a couple things. I actually picked up. Do you remember the short period of time where they had interactive games for your VCR? Yes. I picked up a horror game. Oh, nice. It's an interactive VHS game. And I'm going to figure out a way that we can play it on the podcast oh, right around geez. Halloween. That's going to be one of our Halloween shenanigans. There's a spoiler. But yeah, I got to make sure it all works and everything and make sure I know how to do it so we're not fumbling around with it. But nice. I want to play it on the podcast. It's going to be so cool. Picked that up. Picked up a couple books, a couple other things. But it was really nice to be back in that environment. Mm-hmm. And I had never been there. By yourself. By myself. Mm-hmm. I had nobody to answer to. <laughs> I didn't have to run home. I didn't have to hurry home. Like, Roe literally told me. Go after cause, Well, because I was saying, I feel guilty and I don't know why. Because she had to work. She wasn't even going to be here. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I feel guilty going. And I don't know why. And... I was sitting there and she was getting, she got ready for work. She was going to leave because I didn't go till in the afternoon. She was, mm-hmm. it was mid morning. She was getting ready to go to work. And she, before she goes, she goes, your ass better not be here when I get home. Because <laughs> she knows me. I'll sit around by myself and left in my head and I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to go. Right. I'm just, nah. and I had friends texting me. Um, all my friends from cult classics were there. Nice. They were texting me. Hey, when are you coming down? How come you're not here yet? And I'm like, and she knew I was going to sit around and be like, oh, I'm not going to go. So she's like, yeah, your ass better not be here when I get home. Go out, <laughs> see your friends, have fun. And I had a blast. Nice. We did the the horror karaoke. Nice. And we hadn't done that in forever. I saw a bunch of people that I haven't seen in a long time. People were really close to me. And we got to we had dinner together. Nice. Dude, I had such a great time. Hell yeah. And it felt so good. Refreshing. And yeah. And I got home. And I wasn't in trouble. I didn't have to explain myself. <laughs> I didn't have to say where I was or, you know, like what I was doing. And I came home and said, did you have a good time? Yeah, I had a great time. That's awesome. Wow. It was really, yeah. And it was weird. It, and yeah, it was weird being there by myself mm-hmm. and just kind of walking around. I'm Jasper. I'm Jasperino. Hey, what's going on? I'm like, wow, here I am. And everybody wants to know where I've been. And, and I had some life changes. And right, right, I live right, in Maricopa right. now. What? You're a what? Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, it was really cool to have people like legitimately happy to see me. Hell yeah. Usually people are like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> shit, there's Jasper. Yeah, that, remember that movie, um, Home? Mm-hmm. Where he was, his name was O? He's like, because oh. every time people saw him, they were, oh. <laughs> oh. But anyway, that's what I have been doing. Hell yeah. And I'm super stoked because next year, mm-hmm. I'm killing Mad Monster. I've shown you Damn some right. of the shit I got going on. By next year, Damn I'm going right. to kill that shit. So come see me next year, 2022 Mad Monster. 700 Taste Podcast is going to be there. And I suck, Roman. You know why? Why? Okay, so it was out by the Glendale Stadium. Mm-hmm. It's like 50, 60 miles from me. Gotcha. I'm halfway there on the freeway when it hits me. Why didn't I take fucking postcards with me for the podcast? I could have passed them out. I could have left them on tables. Mm-hmm. I got a thousand of those things sitting in there, and I Damn. didn't do it. I suck. So... That's where I am. What have you been doing? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, it, it's funny that you asked that. Is because you said you know Ro was like, "Hey, you better not be here when you get back." <laughs> in a good way, because you'll be no, because you'll you'll be in your yeah. own head. Right. It's. it's I've, I think I've been in like that space to where I felt like I had to kind of protect my energy for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, that because right. I didn't feel like I had any. I felt like I was yeah. running on E. Like I don't know what the fuck it was, but um fucking great now you that's know and cool. I'm, that's good i'm being productive when it's um 
when it's not needed of me to be productive, if that makes sense. There was one, okay, so there was one week mm-hmm. where I texted you, and you, know, like, you can see on Messenger, mm-hmm. and I'm like, damn, he hasn't even seen it. I had people asking me, people mm-hmm. that are listening to the podcast and know me, mm-hmm. TJ was like, is Roman okay? Because he kept, I kept saying, I'm waiting on Roman. Right, I'm waiting right, on right, Roman. Right, right. And then finally, like last Monday when I went to work, because he waits every Monday for it to drop, he's like, is Roman okay? I'm like, dude, Roman's fine. I, I've talked to him. <laughs> well, we've we've sent funny. Right. Here we go again. We've sent funny Instagram shit to each other, but we haven't talked. Mm-hmm. Which in one point is the problem with social media. Mm-hmm. But I, I was telling you at the shop, because I see you at the shop, mm-hmm. but I knew, I was telling you, like, I knew if something was really wrong, I would know it. Right. And I just figured you're busy. I know you're busy. You know I know you're busy. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. That's right. the way we do this. Because if we're not geared up and we can't give you 110% on this podcast, either one of us, we're it's not going to do it. Yeah, we're not going to even turn the mics on until no. we're ready. No. We're like Axel Rose going on stage three hours after they were supposed to because he won't do it until <laughs> he's ready. But I knew you were cool. Mm-hmm. And I knew if something was really going on, you'd tell me. Definitely. And yeah, and then last month, last Sunday... We didn't even contact each other because mm-hmm. we were both so busy and we were vibing and doing whatever we were doing. Shit. And we talked about that later in the week. Mm-hmm. And uh, But here we are and we're ready to roll. So. Damn right. Yeah. Damn right. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. I'm like, uh, so I was, you know, sorting clothes and stuff last night and I was like, let me put this movie on. Let me, Hell yeah. You know, let me, let me, you know, pop in this VHS and uh, see what can be done. Nice. And I'm, you know, I'm super glad I got to watch it, you know. Um, we about to do it like it ain't been done. Damn right. right. She was tight. Hell yeah. Speaking of, let's do a little thing we call the, the tale of the tale, in which I will be reading the back of the VHS tape that we were doing today, which is Stephen King's Silver Bullet. And for your further entertainment, ladies and gentlemen. I will be doing this without the assistance of reading glasses because I broke them. Aww. So bear with me. Something is killing off townsfolk in Tarker's Mill. Something mysterious. Something ingenious. Something remotely human. But the only person in town with the courage to stop this lurking menace is a 13 year old boy confined to a wheelchair since birth wow <laughs> I can't see this adapted to the screen by suspense master Stephen King from his cycle of the werewolf novel this exhilarating thriller features astounding special effects by three time Oscar winner Carlo Rimaldi, Rabaldi, E.T., Alien, and King Kong. And thank God it was a short one, because I can't <laughs> see shit. <laughs> Stephen King's Silver Bullets. Oh, shit. Not to be confused with your girlfriend's Silver Bullet. Brrr. That's something totally different. But equally exciting and titillating, if you will. <laughs> or as Joe Bob Briggs would say, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. That sucked. I'm not going to lie. I honestly cannot see this. I'm a little worried about reading my notes now, but I broke my reading glasses. I have another pair downstairs, but I'm too lazy to go get them. I understand. So there you go. I said it. 
when I'm upstairs, I'm like, fuck it. It'll right. wait until the morning. Uh, yeah, it ain't going nowhere. And if I have to go back upstairs or, like, get my wallet or something, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'll stand at the bottom of the stairs for yeah. a second. I'm like, well, you can't go anywhere if you don't go get them, dumbass. You're right. You're all, if I go, you got to go. I'm like, shit. <laughs> shit. Uh, so this is the first time you have seen Silver Bullet. Mm-hmm. I watched Silver Bullet the first time I was telling you, I think. Well, this came out, what, 1985? Mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was 10 years old the first time. I might have been 11 because it took about a year for it to get the TV back in the day. Gotcha. I was probably 10 or 11 the first time I saw it. And I watched it on TV. Um, I didn't see it on tape or anything like that. But this movie scared the shit out of me the first time I saw it. I believe you. Did yeah, it's it's kind of a scary movie. It's it's kind of tongue in cheeky a little in a couple places, and like you, I think you even said, it's like a kiddie movie, but mm-hmm. it's not a kiddie movie. Like, so the whole so like when I was watching the movie, fucking right away, someone's head is chopped off. Right, You're like holy shit, that was cool. So it's like okay, cool. Um, that and you you see the the train start to move, literally you know, and, and figuratively. Then, Exactly. <laughs> you know, and then it's chugging along. Chugga, 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 chugga. It was the whole train. And every now and again, you get a jump scare, which is a whoo, whoo. You're like, Woo-hoo. oh, shit. No, like, by the time this motherfucker's over, you're like, all right. Cool. And it's almost a feel-good movie at the yeah, same time. Like, yeah. you feel, like, kind of bubbly at the end. Like, oh, man, I love you too, Marty. What like up, man? outside Big of like ups. the the fucking gore and stuff like that, it's it's almost parallel with um, <laughs> the Goonies. Like it is the reason I say that is because if you think if the Goonies had some blood in it, right? It's it's almost the same kind the of. Well, actually, that lady from the Goonies scared the werewolf, Ma, whatever her name was, <laughs> throw Mama from the train, lady. It's a it's a a little detective movie you know kind of thing it is really it's like a mystery it's like a mm-hmm. murder mystery with a werewolf in it mm-hmm. and that's what i was saying well i'll get more into that in a little bit um there's something i want to do right now though we are going to do some werewolf trivia are you ready i am fucking ready hell yeah and there's like i don't know if it's gonna pick up or not but there's like sound effects on this and everything oh. so how do you want to do this do you want to take turns or do you want to go through and agree on the answer We'll either agree or agree to disagree. There I'll, you go. I'll pick right. my own. It's pretty easy. I'm, a, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty easy. Um, all right. Werewolf trivia. What is another word? This is on uh, usefultrivia.com, just to give them a plug. Um, what is another word for pirate treasure? <laughs> well, I think it's booty. 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 That's what it is for you Beastie Boys fans out there. All right. What is another word for werewolf? Lichen. Come on, man. You gotta let me read the... Oh, there, oh, oh shit, there is. I told you it's easy. Is it synanthrope, misanthrope, lycanthrope, or philanthrope? Lycanthrope. Oh, oh shit. So, uh, philanthrope, that's a, a werewolf that likes to give away stuff. Gotcha. In the late 1500s, a lycanthrope was a mentally ill person who believed that he was a wolf. Popular myths and stories of humans changing into wolves gradually altered the meaning of lycanthrope to mean an actual monstrous creature. Okay. Which epic poem? Question number two. Which epic poem contains the first known reference to werewolves? Was it Beowulf, Epic of Gilgamesh, the Iliad, or Paradise Lost? 
Hmm. I'm going to go Beowulf. I think it's Epic of Gilgamesh. Mm-hmm. Big one. Oh, okay. Right. I could be wrong. Oh. Epic of Gilgamesh. Beowulf was too easy because it had a wolf in it. Right. And and the funny thing is I was thinking, like, I've seen Beowulf, so I was like, eh, yeah. was it possibly? I don't know. Right. Some scholars point to the Epic of Gilgamesh as the orig- origin of werewolf mythology. Gilgamesh rejects the advances of Ishtar, the goddess of fertility, because she turned her previous mate into a wolf. Mm. Ishtar also can be connected to mm-hmm. Lilith. Mm-hmm. My mm. mother. Word up. Big ups. Uh, where did actual werewolf trials first begin? France, China, United States, or Switzerland? Hmm. I'm not sure about this one either. I want to say it's Switzerland. What do you think? Let's go with Switzerland. Oh, look at that. Look at the big brain on us. Much like the famous Salem witch trials, the trial and execution of supposed werewolves emerged in what is now Switzerland in the early 15th century and spread like wildfire throughout Germany, France, and the Balkans. They got kicked in the Balkans. Mm. That's how they knew if they were werewolves. Thousands of people were killed for their alleged wolf-related crimes, whether it be turning into a werewolf or being a wolf charmer. Wolf charmer? Like a snake charmer? Yeah, they put a wolf in a big fucking, uh, like... Uh, jar and they had a little flute thing and the wolf would come out (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) what metal are werewolves vulnerable to come on man you gotta let me read we got suspense we gotta build suspense here gotcha people might not know that Mm. if you don't know that why are you listening to this I'm just just kidding gold bullet silver gold copper or iron Silver. You don't think it's Iron Iron Man? I am Iron Man. I am Silver Man. (laughs) Werewolves are often immune to damage caused by ordinary weapons, but vulnerable to silver objects such as silver-tipped cane, bullet, or blade. This negative reaction is sometimes so strong that the mere touch of the metal on a werewolf's skin can cause burns. You have to help me out on this because I have no idea. Oh, this is easy though all right which harry potter character is a werewolf albus dumbledore horace slockhorn remus lupin or gilderoy lockhart it's got to be the that's lupine lupin it's Mm. wolf i'm going with remus lupin professor lupin became infected with lycanthropy when he was attacked by fenrir grayback Mm. i know nothing Absolutely nothing about Harry Potter, except there's a flying car in one of the movies, and he gets bitten by a giant spider at some point, and he turns all gray, and Ron Weasley's annoying. Hermione. That is my that is my limit of Harry Potter knowledge. I've never watched an entire movie all the way through. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and he lived under the stairs for a while. Mm -hmm. Which trait is traditionally considered a sign of a werewolf? A unibrow, a tattoo, long middle finger, or all of these? Unibrow. You don't think it's a long middle finger? <laughs> see, go for it, go for it, go for it. No? Okay. Oh. Damn. Unibrow? Yeah. Oh, shit. I think it's all of these. All right. It's <gasps> all of these. According to legend, a unibrow, tattoos, hairy palms, and a long middle finger are all signs of a werewolf. 
Other common traits include unusual strength and an irrational fear of water, and especially glow-in-the-dark red eyes. That would be a dead giveaway. Right. Who do you think the werewolf is? The guy with the unibrow, the long finger, or the guy with the glow-in-the-dark red eyes? I'm going with the unibrow. I'm going to go with all of the above. Wow, that's crazy. A long middle finger. Mm -hmm. If they would have said a widow's peak, I'd be like, yeah, Eddie Munster. Everybody flip me off. I need to look at your fingers. (laughs) I got a long middle finger. I'm not a werewolf, but I'm popular with the ladies. Oh! (laughs) That was a good little... Vibration we got going there. Good vibration. Who was the werewolf of Bedburg? Was it Jacques Roulet, Gilles Yarnier, Peter Stump, (laughs) or Pierre (laughs) Bargol? I'm going to go with the last one. Gaston. (laughs) He liked the croissant. Pierre Bargol. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. I think it's Peter Stump. All right, that's it. It's just because he didn't have a fancy name like the rest of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Peter Stump was a German farmer accused of lycanthropy, witchcraft, and cannibalism. A pamphlet originally published in London in 1590 describes Stump's trial and his alleged crimes. It includes statements from neighbors and witnesses who claim that Stump owned a belt given to him by the devil that allowed him to transform into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf. Damn. It's like, can't I be, can I get a belt that just makes me skinny? (laughs) <laughs> what disease have some experts suggested as the origin of werewolf beliefs? Is it rabies, hypertrichosis, all of these, or porphyria? I feel like all of these is yeah, probably... I, yeah, because they don't put it on all of them. Aha, we're figuring out the system. Mm-hmm. The idea that being bitten by a werewolf could result in the victim turning into one suggests the idea of transmittable diseases such as rabies, which causes confusion, hallucinations, hypersalivation, and hydrophobia, fear of water. Peripheria can cause psychosis as well as excess hair growth and disfigured skin and teeth. Inherited forms of hypercosis, excess hair, have been described historically as dogmen and wolfmen. Like the dog face boy. Right. From Mexico? Yeah. The dog face boy of Mexico. Of Mexico. The <laughs> dog face boy of Mexico. I dated his sister. The mm. dog face girl. <laughs> mm. Her name was Teresa. What is a traditional cure for lycanthropy? Wolfsbane. All of these? Scolding the werewolf? No, werewolf, that's a bad werewolf! <laughs> <laughs> Converting the werewolf to Christianity? Damn. Excuse me, Mr. Werewolf, do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Or driving nails through the werewolf's hands. Take that. I think it's all of these. I guarantee you it's all of these. For sure. Go Go for for it. it. Various methods have existed for removing the werewolf form, including one Danish belief, which holds that merely scolding a werewolf will cure it. All right. God damn it, werewolf, that's a bad werewolf. (laughs) Bad werewolf. You're hitting him on the nose of the newspaper. <laughs> Did you piss on my floor? Is this your piss right here? <laughs> oh, you're so werewolf. Get the fuck out of here. Go outside. Fucking werewolf. Dusty. I mean, werewolf. <laughs> what was the first film to depict werewolves as vulnerable to silver? Was it Werewolf of London, The Face at the Window, The Wolfman, or I Was a Teenage Werewolf? I'm going... Wolfman. Me too. I agree. I don't even know what the face of where of the window is. I've never seen that. 
It is. Mm. The Wolfman, 1941. The title character is bludgeoned to death with his own silver walking stick. Damn. Damn. And then he found out they could have just yelled at him, and they were like, oops. Mm. You know who the star of I Was a Teenage Werewolf was? Nope. Michael Landon. Oh. Highway to Heaven. Little gotcha. House on the Prairie. Young-ass Michael Landon. I've seen these other three movies. You know why? Because he's fucking hairy. He is pretty hairy. There's a part in the oh, movie. Oh, Paul. Paul. <laughs> I thought it was weird. There's a part in the movie where the school bell goes off and irritates him and makes him turn into a werewolf. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, the face at the window. I'm going to have to look that up. I've never even heard of it. All right, here we go. Which music video features Michael Jackson transforming into a werewolf? Werewolves of London, Beat It, Thriller, Man in the Mirror, or Mama Say Mama Sa Mama Kusa? I'm going to go. I said it right. It. Yeah, you definitely did. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. Suck on that. He's looking at the man in the mirror. Hmm. I'm the, the man <laughs> in the mirror. Oh, yeah. It is definitely. Beat It. Werewolves of London. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, Thriller. Let's go. We'll just say thriller just for shits and giggles. Just shits and giggles, you know. The 14-minute-long thriller video was so popular when it first aired on MTV, it ran twice an hour to meet demand. Damn. Wow. Then they started running everything twice an hour. Thanks. In Ovid's Metamorphosis, what king of Arcadia was transformed into a wolf by Zeus? Was it Lycos, Lycanroc, Lycon, or Lycard? If you smell what the lichen rock is cooking. <laughs> I think it's Lacard. I always liked him on Star Trek, Captain Lacard. <laughs> Captain Lacard. <laughs> no, that's not it. I want to try lichen rock just because it sounds like. All right, let's if go you it. smell. Lycos. Uh, Lycos. Oh! It must shit. be Lycon. Lycaon. Lycon. Acon. Acon. Lycon served human flesh to Zeus, wanting to know if he was really a god and therefore all-knowing. Lycon's transformation was punishment for his crime. Damn. Wow, that's Trying crazy. To do a dog. He could have just asked him, you really a god? That's Damn. crazy. Who was the werewolf in Stephanie Meyer's Twilight series? <clears throat> was it Jacob? Jasper? Jasperino? Edward? What? Emmett? Jasperino? It. it wasn't Jasper. Jasperino, what? It was Jacob. Yeah. What up? Alice Cohen, the only reason to watch those movies. A minor character in the first novel, Jacob is introduced as a member of the Quillette tribe. He resurfaces in New Moon when Bella learns that he and other tribe members can shapeshift into wolves. Alrighty then. I know equally as much about Twilight as I do about Harry Potter. In fact, I probably know more about Harry Potter. Gotcha. In what horror movie does news anchor Karen White transform into a werewolf during a live broadcast? I love this movie so much. The Howling? Is it The Howling, The Company of Wolves, An American Werewolf in London, or Wolfit? I will tell you right now, it is The Howling. Mm-hmm. The Company of Wolves, I keep seeing that on uh, Shudder. Mm-hmm. I need to watch it because it's an 80s horror movie that I've never watched. I've seen these other ones. Wolfen's more of a detective drama than a... A werewolf movie, but gotcha. still, The Howling. In The Howling, Karen resolves to warn the world about the existence of werewolf, played by D. Wallace, by the way. Awesome. And surprises her employers by launching into her warning during a live televi- television news broadcast. Then to prove her story, she herself transforms into a werewolf. Damn. 
it was pretty funny because the director or the the producer of the show freaks out because mm-hmm. the guy shoots her. She's turning into a werewolf and the guy shoots her and kills her. And he goes, go to commercial now. And the commercial they go to is a dog food commercial. They're oh. dishing dog food into the plate. Mm-mm-mm. And the dog runs up to eat it. And then they're going to like different places that have been watching the news. And um, there's two kids sitting on their floor watching TV. And the mom from out of the room goes, what are you kids watching? Like, it's the news. The news lady just turned into a werewolf. <laughs> and then they go to a bar. Mm-hmm. And the guy's sitting there smoking a cigarette. He goes, the things they can do with special effects these days. And there's a drunk guy sitting next to him. He goes, nope, that was real. She turned into a werewolf and they shot her. <laughs> Damn. I love that. We're going to cover that eventually because I love that movie too. Um, which Greek historian wrote about the existence of werewolves? Was it Thucydides, Xenophon, Strabo Wabo, or Herodotus? I'm going to tell you right now. I want to say it's Herodotus, only because he's the one that talked about Atlantis and all the other crazy shit. Fuck it, go with it. Let's go. Yeah. In his histories, Herodotus wrote that the Nuri, a tribe he places to the northeast of Scythia, were all transformed into wolves once every year for several days, then changed back to their human shape. Crazy. Well, all right. I think I hear a werewolf down the hall. A werewolf. My stupid dog. Which medieval writer claimed to know of an actual werewolf? Was it Geoffrey Chaucer, Hildegard of Bingen, William of Ockham, <laughs> Ockham? I think it's Ockham. Willem of Ockham, or Gervas of Tilbury? The only name I recognize on here is Geoffrey Chaucer from the, the Canterbury Tales. Sure, let's do that. And mm. It's not him. Is it Hildegard of Bingen? William. William of O'Cochrane, Gervais of Tilbury, the last one, charm. (laughs) In his Odia Imperalia, Gervais of Tilbury tells of many strange, I want to say it's Gervase, it's Gervase, I feel stupid. Gervase of Tilbury tells of many strange creatures, including werewolves. He declares, one thing I know, the course of human destiny is such that certain men change into wolves according to the cycles of the moon. Knowing this claim may meet with some skepticism, he backs it up with a very specific story of a knight named Rembaud de Poget who became a werewolf. The other thing he claimed to know was that life ain't nothing but bitches and money. Mm. Damn. What sport does the title character play in the 1985 film Teen Wolf? Basketball. Is it... Man, we gotta build this up. You're just trying to get through it, huh? No. Oh. <laughs> These are the ones I know. I know, but we got to. We gotta Lacrosse. Know. Football. Soccer. Basketball. Baseball. Soccer. Water polo. Lacrosse. Okay. We the, know it was basketball. The funny thing is he plays lacrosse in like the MTV version of it. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I never watched it. Mm-hmm. Living in a small town in Nebraska, Scott Howard's only claim to popularity is playing on his school's basketball team, which hasn't won a game in three years. After he transforms into the wolf, however, he takes the, theme, the team to the state championship. All right. <laughs> Fenoscandian werewolves were usually old men, little boys, little girls, or old women. Hang on. I got to, in honor of this, I got to reread it. Fennoscandian werewolves were usually old men, little boys, 
little girls or old women. Now you have a friend in the werewolf business. I think it's old women. As much as I want to say it's little boys, I think it's old women. All right. It's uh, Baba Yaga. Phanoscandian mm. werewolves were usually old women who possessed poison-coated claws and had the ability to paralyze cattle and children with their gaze. Damn. Wow. Who sang Werewolves of London? Was it Bobby Pickett, Johnny McRae, Mick Fleetwood, Warren Zevon, or Rob Zombie? I put the Rob Zombie in there. It's Warren Zevon. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh, werewolves of London. Which, that song is not in this podcast for mm-hmm. one reason. I'm saving it for when we do the howling. Gotcha. I, I just had to. They just seemed to go together. The single was a top 40 U.S. hit, the only one of Zivon's career. Damn. Wow. According to Hungarian folklore, where did werewolves live? Transnumania, Transylvania, Transdanubia, Transjordania, or Trans... Bender? Yeah. I was Bender. Gonna, I was going for it, and I thought about it, and I was like, or transphobia. Uh, I think it's Transylvania. That's kind of obvious. Yeah. I may be wrong. <gasps> it's not Transylvania. Transnumania? Dude, Transjordania. It must be Transdanubia, mm. which I've never heard of. In Hungarian folklore, werewolves were said to live in the region of Transdanubia, and it was thought that the ability to change into a wolf was obtained in the infant age after the suffering of abuse by the parents or of curse. Damn. Wow. All right, this is our last page of werewolf trivia. Who played the title role in... Oh, man, I gave this away earlier. Mm -hmm. Who played the title role in I Was a Teenage Werewolf? Was it Michael Landon, Michael Keaton, Michael Jackson... Michael J. Fox or Michael Jordan? I mean, I mean the last one. I, we've already established my. I gave that away. Ma- Michael Landon. But the that's n- look. The funny thing is, that's actually a really hard one to know. Really? Like, well, yeah. if you didn't know before, yeah. prior to, because you got to think. Okay, right. Michael Jackson turns into a werewolf. That's true. Look, Michael um, Keaton was Batman. Right. Michael J. Fox was also know? a werewolf. So you're like, hmm. The 1957 horror film starring Michael Landon as troubled teenager Tony Rivers was the first of four teenage monster movies produced by an American International Pictures. The other was I Was a Teenage Zombie, I Was a Teenage Blob, and... Fuck. Vampire? No. It was like I Was a Teenage Martian or something like that. Teenagers from Mars. Teenagers from Mars, I think is what it was. If I'm wrong, you guys can school me. Email me at 700tapes at gmail.com. Let me know if I'm right or not. Which Saturday morning cartoon featured a werewolf? Oh, this is easy. Was it Blood Sea, Fang Face, Wolf Squad, or Wolfie? I thought it was Blood Sea, but that oh, was the other guy in West Side Connection. Oh, mm, that was Dub Sea. <laughs> Blood Sea. I'm going to go Wolfie. Bow down. No, it's Fang Face. Oh, shit. You want to try Wolfie? No, again? no, Because no, no. I'm 100% sure it's Let's Fang see. Face. I used to watch it. Mm. Fang, if did any horror-related cartoon when I was a kid, I was on that shit like flies on shit. Fang Face, highly reminiscent of Scooby Doo, features four teenagers who travel around in the wolf buggy solving crimes, and the one kid is a werewolf, mm. with the distinction that one of them transforms into a wildly whirling werewolf whenever he looks at the full moon, a picture of the moon, or anything resembling the moon, which is hilarious, like a pizza, and. Mm. 
he becomes he's like skinny shaggy looking dude mm -hmm. from Scooby Doo, and then he becomes a werewolf. But he has a big fang, like one big fang sticking out the front of his mouth. It's so funny. That's why he's fang face. I used to watch that all the time. They used to play that with uh, Dune Buggy. Remember Dune Buggy? Mm -mm. He was talking Dune Buggy. Oh. What, what, what you guys doing? I do. I do very well. Like Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> Which favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. You do it better. Thanksgiving. <laughs> I don't know how you fucking do that. It's disturbing and funny at the same time. Thanksgiving. Pretty much like this podcast in a nutshell. It's disturbing and funny at the same time. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that was fun. That yeah, was a lot yeah. of fun. I really, too bad. I really endured that. Endured it. You've done a good job. All right, let's go ahead and check out the trailer for this crazy thing called mm. Love. Crazy train. This film is a brilliant achievement in motion picture history. Finally, the truth about Hitler's diabolical plans to create a race of superwomen can be told. Werewolf women of the SS. <laughs> Welcome to Death Camp 13, home of the Nazis' diabolical plans to create an army of super werewolf soldiers. Sounds legit. I see from your progress reports that no actual progress has been made. Do you feel that my dreams of Project Pure Wolf are futile? Nein, Herr Kommandant. This project, its failure will be your demise and the end of Germany. Do you understand what I'm saying? The end. As Dr. Von Strasser searches in vain for the purest German blood needed to create this unstoppable army. Chosen! <laughs> Rejoice! I have found the perfect solution to all of our problems. Uh, well, what is it, you fool? Do you speak or not? Shall I read your inferior mind like a gypsy? The she-devils. Insatiable she devils of Berserk. Can they alone supply the blood needed to save Hitler's mad dreams? Or will the pride of Germany fall into ruin? To remain fanatically fanatic! The fatherland. The crops are here by order of the Führer himself. No, this is my project. We are now in total control of pure wolf. This is an outrage! Featuring Udo Kier, Sherry Moon Zombie, Tom Tolls, Sybil Danning. Bill Mosley and Nicholas Cage as Fu Manchu. I wanted Cinnabar. Cinnabar! To my liking! This is my better! <laughs> Women of the SS. Written and directed by Rob Zombie. It makes me sick!
it began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. Nobody knew who or what was responsible. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Dude. <laughs> Go ahead and ask the question now since we're on the mics. Which one? About Stephen King. Oh, that's right. Oh, no. What I was going to say was you got up to charge your phone mm-hmm. right after the Rob Zombie preview mm-hmm. tra- trailer. And I was like, oh, man, I offended Roman so much he's leaving. He took your fucking headphones off. I didn't really think that. I just thought it was funny. It was a good timing. <laughs> that was, um, I had to do that. It was, um, that was one of the trailers in the Grindhouse movie set of Death Proof and Planet Terror. Gotcha. It was up there with Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and Don't. And <laughs> don't. That was one of the Eli Roth trailers, I think, other than Thanksgiving was mm-hmm. Don't. <laughs> it's so great. I love it so much. I don't know if this exists, but I would totally buy the supercut with both movies with the trailers. Mm-hmm. I know there's like Blu-rays with the trailers on them, but I don't know if there's one... That shows it like you watched it in theaters. Gotcha. Because when I went and saw it as a double feature in the theater, mm-hmm. it that was the break in the middle of the two movies was the fake trailers, and they were so good. Nicolas Cage dressed as Fu Manchu was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And they actually have a full werewolf firing a machine gun. It's so fucking cool. Rob Zombie, if you're listening, please, for the love of God, make Werewolf Women of the SS. I would, oh my God, yes, it needs to happen. Yeah, dude. That was all based off, There's a there was a series, Ilsa, Wolf Woman of the SS, but it was like torture porn type shit. Oh, but shit. It's like 70s exploitation, Nazi torture shit. <laughs> but um, it's funny because Sybil Danning. Of course you would know. Sybil Danning was in the trailer. I used to print shirts mm-hmm. with Ilsa, Wolf Woman of the SS on it. And but the problem was, I kind of started feeling bad after all because there's a huge ass swastika on it. Oh, a huge ass. She's standing in front of a big flag with a swastika on it. Nobody ever complained at the shows when I was selling them. Mm-hmm. But I always like when I sold them, I was like, God, that dude's gonna be walking out with a swastika on his shirt, and it's my fault. Is it? My, it's not my fault. He's crippled. That's yeah. <laughs> from the movie. Anyway, but yeah. Um, Good luck finding that on VHS. Mm-hmm. You can, but you yeah, empty out your bank account to buy it. Damn. But Sybil Danning um, is in the trailer, which is mm-hmm. funny because she is the werewolf chick in The Howling 2. Gotcha. So that's that was a nice little connection there. I've never seen any of The Howlings. Oh, uh, okay. 
Some people are going to agree, disagree with what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. Some people are purists. The Howling is the only one. All the sequels suck. And I will agree with you. These sequels do suck. But I will say, Howling, Howling 2, 3, and 4 are watchable. In fact, I own Howling, Howling 2, and Howling 4. I still need to get Howling 3, the marsupials. That's actually my favorite of the sequels, not counting the first one. But of the sequels, that's probably my favorite. Because mm-hmm. it was a different take. The Howling... Three had um, they were Australian werewolves, so they had pouches like kangaroos, where they kept their little babies in there, and there's little baby werewolves. In this one, they were born werewolves, but they had little baby werewolves in the pouch, and it was really cute. But yeah, and they lived in a town called Flow. They had the big sign, uh, you know, the big like the big poles with the wooden writing mm-hmm. carved out. It said Flow. That's the town they all lived in. But when you got on their side and looked, it said Wolf. Because mm. flow is wolf backwards. Yeah. But anyway, I like up to four. And I, I think there's like seven or eight of them now. Some of them don't even have anything to do with werewolves. It's ridiculous. There's a whole carnival one. I think that's six. I don't even know anymore, but it's awful. Absolutely fucking awful. But the first four, not that bad. The first one is a classic. I've watched it a hundred times. The other ones I've watched on and off, but they're not bad. I, good enough that I would own them. But the funny, the Howling 2, the tagline was, your sister's a werewolf. <laughs> so stupid. So what what do you think you know happens when there's, like the first movie's good, and then they just, everything goes direct to DVD. I will shit. tell you, almost, almost 100% of the time, it's the studio mm-hmm. wanting to cash in on the success of the first movie, but they can't get the director back because he's done what he wanted to do, or they can't get the writers back or anybody associated with the first movie. And honestly, the studios don't care. They they know they're going to get rentals out of the name. Mm-hmm. People are going to rent them or buy them because it says Howling Two, Howling Four. I rented all those other Howling movies because they were Howling sequels, and I'm really sorry I did in most cases, <laughs> except for the first four. <laughs> but you will you'll look at a franchise and say, oh, it's a Howling movie. I really like the first one. I'm going to buy it or I'm going to rent it. And that's what the studio is banking on. They don't care about quality. And this was how a lot of the 80s VHS rental market was. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about quality or if the film was any good or made any kind of sense. Because once you rented it, you spent your money. Fuck you. We got your money. We don't care. Halloween 3. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I want to agree so bad, but it's grown on me. That movie has grown on I own a Halloween 3 t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Did you see one of the first keychains I made mm-hmm. was Halloween 3? All right, that's out of the bag. You can check our Etsy store later. I'm making VHS cover keychains. It's got the VHS on the front and the back. Um, but yeah, one of the first ones I did was Halloween 3 because I love that fucking trick-or-treating image. Phoenix. On the, yeah, I love it. The Phoenix scene. But anyway, um, shut up, John Paul, and it does not suck. I know you're saying that right now. Uh, he will be back with us eventually. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but uh, hopefully within the next month or so, he might be sitting in with us. Nice. Maybe just in time for Halloween. That would be fun. Because mm. it's summertime. We don't want him walking around in a, you know, swim trunks or something anyway. with no shirt on. Speedo. <laughs> He's a fucking howling in itself. Right? Yeah. Werewolf man himself. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I digress. What was I talking about? Sequels? Yes. Shitty but yeah, sequels. that's usually how they went. That's why you had, yeah, lots and lots of shitty sequels. Um, even the Halloween franchise got a little carried away, but those were all really, they weren't direct to video. Those were like major studio releases, but they were banking on the Halloween name. So like anytime I think of, you know, shitty sequels, like Starship Troopers, 
all those were those are direct to DVD straight. Yeah, those horrible. But um, the first one's amazing. Fucking, I love the first one. Uh, not Denise critters, but the damn it, critters Tremors. too. Oh. Tremors, Tremors got out of control. Yes, but uh, they made a lot of critters movie too. But those are always fun. Those are just fun movies. But Tremors, yeah, I got a little. I haven't seen past Tremors three. I just gave up. Yeah, couldn't. It's keeping Michael Gross. He's been um, gainfully employed, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw one, you know, like a, I think a trailer for one, like a year or so back. I was like, oh yeah. shit! There's like one in the jungle <clears throat> now or something. Like they were like farting, like they were. Oh my god! Yeah, the uh, the crow. Oh yeah, kind of the same way. So, cause yeah, there's like what four of them now. Yeah. Cause what's his name? Angel is. But in is, that one, the only one worth watching is the first one. Oh the, yeah. All the other video, all the other crow movies are garbage. Even the ones they made based on the books that I loved, the crow books that I loved, mm. are garbage. No, nah, like the the one with uh, David Boreanaz is. I haven't even seen that one. Horrible. I, I can probably guess it is. Horrible. He's the bad guy in the movie. It's right? like a, it's oh, like a western. Oh, he's not the crow. No. Thank God. <laughs> it's stupid. Like. Yeah. Oh, one of the things I did. I don't know if I had done this by the last podcast or not. I think I. I don't think I had. One of the things I did was one Saturday or Sunday. I think it was a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was uh, what was it? Um, it might have been. It was the Fourth of July, I think. I wanted to do something special, mm-hmm. so I sat down and I watched the entire eight-hour documentary of Roots. Oh, Crystal Lake <laughs> Memoirs. The whole Friday the Thirteenth documentary from start to finish. It's like eight hours long. Damn, six hours long, something like that. But I watched the entire thing. Took a couple breaks to smoke or whatever. Of course. But I was explaining to DK, because he had never seen any of the Friday the 13th movies. Mm-hmm. We were watching. He kind of watched some Kevin of it. He was in and out. He was kind of in and out. He'd sit down for 20 minutes, watch it, and leave. And he'd come back an hour later, watch a little more. Like, damn, Dad, you're still here? But we were Oof. at the one, part seven, mm-hmm. which is the one with the chick with the mental powers. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what's it called? Uh, telepathy. Not tele- no, uh, uh, telekinesis. Telekinesis. And Deacon goes... This is a joke, right? I'm like, no, this really happened. He goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, nope, that's how to control this franchise, guys. Right, like, yeah. Honestly, yeah. I, I would say uh, seven and eight, I could just, I could go without. I yeah. absolutely go without. Six is good, because that's when Jason actually returns. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Jason from hell? No, 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 no. That's uh, that's part nine. That's Jason Goes to Hell. That oh. one I like. Jason X I like. People hate those two movies, but I really like them. But they were not done by the same com- movie company. They weren't done by Paramount. Because Paramount had the rights to the name Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. but not Jason Voorhees. That's why it's Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. Hmm. Yeah, the final Friday. Oh, it's not is final that, Friday, is that the one where he gets shot up like really fucking bad? Jason X? No, 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 no. Like they're, I think they're in the woods or whatever and they set oh, him up. Oh, yeah, in the very beginning and then they mm-hmm. fucking rocket launcher his ass and blow him up. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, okay. What I didn't get was because in the beginning of that movie they send the FBI agent in. She's hot. But she could have just hung out. like she. But she actually got naked and got in the shower just for the sake of the movie. God bless you. Thank you. Right? God love you. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's jump into this now. I'm going to read my notes without my glasses. This is going to be fun. Oh, shit. So, Silver Bullet. This movie starts out with some ominous music. Mm-hmm. So, dude, okay. One sentence into my notes. I'm digressing already. Dude, 
this movie, like I said, scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. But, and I've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but I really want to zero on the, on the nostalgia factor of this. Because when I was a kid, and we got these movies on TV that I didn't get to go to the theater to see because I was too young or nobody would take me or, mm-hmm. you know. It was a big fucking deal. It was exciting because I couldn't watch. You know, it came, if it came on Thursday night at 8 mm-hmm. and you weren't home Thursday night at 8, you didn't get to see Friday the 13th or Halloween 2 or whatever. You missed it. If and you everybody's didn't have a, talking about it the yeah, next day. Yeah, if you didn't have VCR. And all the time at the lunch table the next day at grade school. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch Poltergeist last night? Yeah, just that part with the clown. Oh, my God. I like the part where the tree came busting in the window. And, yeah, that was the talk. And if you weren't. If you didn't see it, you didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? Looser. Everybody was into horror, though. It was so awesome. There's something about the 80s. Like, every kid was a horror and comic book freak. Like, mm-hmm. we all knew. You talk to anybody my age about horror movies or comic books, they're going to know their shit. I don't know <laughs> what it was about the 80s. We were the greatest generation, I guess. I don't know. Damn. Anyway. Oh, well, I, I think prior to you guys, like, the 50s was all space. Yes, everybody was into space and space toys. Kind of like we watched Armageddon, the mm-hmm. space toy commercials. Mm-hmm. Those at the, uh, I would think space, cowboys, and Indians. It was like the uh, Giddy Up and Go Space Station or, mm-hmm. or America Space Station. So you go, you think you go from that to, because that pretty much ushered in like horror. Right. Um, you Night know, of the Living Dead really so ushered you, it in. You have that, and then you know, <laughs> coming into the you know seventies and eighties. Yeah. Right. Because you've, you've built, because you got to think those parents, you know, those kids are now your parents. Yeah. Well, there was a pretty big horror following in the 50s and 60s, too, among kids. Because mm-hmm. we talked about this a little bit before. That was when you got the onset of television in every home, mm-hmm. and you could actually start watching these movies from the 30s that nobody had seen since the 30s or 40s because they played in the theaters and they were gone. So you're getting a whole generation being reintroduced to. Dracula, mm-hmm. the Wolfman, the Mummy, Frankenstein's monster, the Bride of Frankenstein, all this crazy shit. Monster toys. Oh, if I ever have ridiculous amounts of money, that's one thing I'm going to collect is vintage monster toys. Nice. Because they're so goddamn cool. Look them up. They're fucking awesome. They had all kinds of shit. Uh, wind up toys and model kits and fucking drag racers with monsters in them and just the craziest shit you can think of. <laughs> But this is so nostalgic, this kind of shit for me. 80s horror. I would safely say, before I really started collecting tapes Mm -hmm. for this podcast, before I bought the 700 tapes at the yard sale, I already had about five or 600 tapes in my possession before that. But I would say easily 80% of them were 80s horror horror movies. Yes. They're horror movies. Not not 80s, but horror movies in general. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but a good portion of them probably I'm, being 80s horror. Right. And, but I'm trying to branch out a little bit now mm-hmm. in what I'm purchasing and stuff. Because aside from, if I think something's a good idea, I've been purchasing stuff for the podcast specifically now. Nice. Um, so you're able to compartmentalize your gluttony when it comes to... Right, because <laughs> honestly, this could have been a straight <laughs> horror podcast, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I wanted. Mm-hmm. But... I know that there's, when you came in, I was like, it's got to be more uh, diverse Mm -hmm. because 
there's stuff that we're both into they would just be too good to pass up mm -hmm. because it's not horror mm -hmm. you know what i mean armageddon for sure great episode for well, sure. we never would have done that if this was just a horror po i didn't want to pigeonhole us into just well it's that. just a horror podcast there's a lot of horror podcasts out there a lot of them are good i listen to a lot of them they're really great i just want to be more encompassing mm -hmm. and get a you know appeal to more people i guess because uh, you can get horror podcasts everywhere we we are going to be covering Ace Ventura at the end of the summer. I mean, you got to think we wouldn't have been able to cover fucking the crow, right? The warriors. I think mm -hmm. we could have done the crow you on think a horror so? podcast. I think we could have slipped that in. I really do. It's one of those where you're like, it's dark and grungy. Maybe. Yeah. Okay, cool. But dude, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually, and if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm actually planning on shelling out a little bit of cash mm. for this year's Halloween, actual oh. Halloween episode. Mm hmm. I'm actually going to buy a tape that is expensive. Oh. But that one that I've been wanting for my collection for a long time anyway, mm -hmm. but we are doing it this year. Hell yes. I guarantee it. Hell yes. So, and I don't want to say what it is in case it doesn't happen. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was excited. You get excited about this shit. And then I remember sitting in my room turning this movie on. Mm -hmm. I you know, you start prepping beforehand. Got you you got make chips. Your, you get your chips. Drink. Make your popcorn. Mm -hmm. You get your drink. I always drink like Coke, you know, or mm -hmm. Dr Pepper, and I would um, save like if I had a Seven Eleven glass or something, I would save it with the <laughs> lid and the straw and everything, so I could put a bunch of ice and fill it all the way. And my dad would drive him nuts. Stop pouring so much soda in, that, in a big old glass. I'm like, so I don't have to come back into the kitchen, so I can sit here and watch the movie. So, and I'm set up in my room. This is how it was every time there was a horror movie on TV. Mm -hmm. I would set myself up with snacks and drinks. And, yeah, because the commercials were for going to the bathroom. I didn't want to mm -hmm. fuck around in the kitchen. Because then it can come back on and I'm going to miss it. You know, I don't want to miss anything. And it was such a glorious time to be alive. Because mm -hmm. you looked forward to it. I would be at the swap meet with my dad on Saturday buying comic books and action figures. But all the time in the back of my head... Fucking Friday the Thirteenth Part Two is on TV tonight. I can't wait, you know, or whatever, you know, like yeah. But uh, even later, probably Halloween, because uh, that would be around the time period. The Friday the Thirteenth Two was probably in theaters still. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You would think about it all day, or a Friday afternoon, you'd be talking to your friends after school. Dude, you gonna watch the Howling this weekend? Heck yeah, I can't wait. You know. <laughs> oh man, it was great. It was such a. I watch too much TV, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, it was great. So when you're sitting there and you've been prepping for this for a week or at least all day trying to get shit ready, and then the credits start and you got that ominous music and a big old fucking close-up of the full moon, you're it's chills. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh here we go, here we go, here we go. So then we got a nice shot of the full moon. It's beautiful. The music starts off really sinister mm -hmm. and then slowly as they roll the credits turns into happier music softer music as the narration starts and it is being narrated by Janie mm -hmm. who is Marty's sister and she's like that year spring came, spring was over and fall was coming blah 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 that's when everything started 1976 and our t and they said, that's when our town's long nightmare began. So then they start out at night, 
It was like a drunk guy driving like a, a rail cart of some kind on the railroad track. Mm-hmm. And he's drunk at work, which is crazy. And he's singing a beer jingle. That's how much he loves beer. <laughs> and um, he hears something. And he's like looking around and he doesn't know what's going on. And he's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Like, Come like, on. Oh, let's you know go. what I need? I need a beer. No, I don't think you need any more beer. <laughs> <laughs> so then he's being stalked through the trees. You can see the first person view through the trees of what he's doing. He's fucking around. Yeah, I don't know if he was supposed to be throwing the switch for the rail or right. what he was supposed to be doing. Then he uh, started digging or something. Oh, yeah. The and then he looks on the ground and he sees these huge ass wolf prints. And he goes, oh shit. And then the wolf, the werewolf is behind him and he turns around and he's like, ah! And it shit, chops his head off and his head goes bouncing. So then, um, the next day, because she keeps narrating, and she's like, the coroner said that the cause of death was an accident. They think he passed out drunk on the tracks because he was always drunk at work. And then they do this great shot of the decapitated head As the on the railroad coming. tracks with the train coming. Yeah, and it was... Dude, <laughs> you were right. When you said the practical effects in this movie were amazing because mm-hmm. they were. Um, now there's a, a town picnic. Right. And everybody's there, and... She says that she was almost 15 and her brother Marty was 11 So th- when I, this it, movie happened. I'm thinking it's like, what, like 4th of July or something like it that? It looks like kind of the 4th of July because by it, it has to be, which is why I was trying to do this on the 4th of July and we fucked it up. But um, <laughs> later on in the movie, he, he says, says, you're going to have 4th of July, but it's going to be in September. September. Mm-hmm. So a couple months have gone by with right. the killings because the whole town's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a curfew, and it's in the papers, and it's mysterious, and everybody's pissed off at the poor sheriff because he can't figure anything out. So John Locke from uh, Halloween, or from Halloween, from Lost, mm-hmm. is the sheriff. We actually forgot to do the IMDb stuff here. Um, his name, damn... We skipped over the IMDb. My bad. Um, Terry O'Quinn is his name. He was John Locke on Lost. He was also the stepfather in the very first stepfather movie in the 70s, which they remade later with the dude from Nip Tuck, and I can't remember his name. But They, they look alike, though. They kind of do. No, he looks like Christian. So he's he the looks, dude. He looks like Christian. Um, the other dude was the one in the movie. So the guy that... Who's the guy that Sean plays? was the one in the there Stepfather we go. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean but, was the But I've always here. the funny thing is they they always they they're similar to each other. I would say he looks more like uh, the guy that played Christian, the guy from Charmed. Um So wait, time out, then I'm I'm confused now. Fuck. Because so who's the guy that plays um uh fuck uh, Sean was the shorter guy, Christian was the tall guy that was fucking everybody on that show. The dude that plays Cole on Charmed? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Was Christian on Nip Tuck. From uh, Fantastic Four, he plays... Doctor Doom. Yes. That's Christian. Okay, cool. That's, that's the, guy. the guy he looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sean, so, the other guy, is the one that was in the Stepfather remake. So that's why I'm trying to... That's why I was like, wait, time yeah. out. Cause but <laughs> this guy was in Stepfather and Stepfather 2. Gotcha. And he plays a great villain. So if you haven't seen him, check it out. Gary Busey's in this movie as Uncle Red. Mm-hmm. Everett McGill as Reverend Lowe. Uh, he's dual roles in this. You'll f- dual roles in this. You'll find out about that later. Corey Haim as Matt Coslaw, which is funny because it looks like Coslaw. Uh, Megan follows as Jane Coslaw. Uh, man, she didn't. She didn't age too bad. No, she didn't age too bad. I was gonna say. Oh, oh I can barely see her. Robin Groves as Nan Coslaw. Um, let's get to the important people here, which is uh, 
Lawrence Tierney as Owen Knopfler, the bartender with the Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Willie Newman as Virgil Cutts. That's the guy at the uh, gas station that's like, you want me to wipe off the windshield and check the the oil? oil. (laughs) Um, He's a great character actor from a lot of these 70s and 80s movies. Um, But yeah, I can't believe we uh, accidentally kind of skipped over the IMDb here. But we'll we'll circle back. We'll bring it around. How much did it make? The uh, this was released on October eleventh, nineteen eighty five. So nice. they're going for that Halloween money. Nice. Um, it's based on a novel by Stephen King called Cycle of the Werewolf, Mm-mm. which I think was a uh, a novel, oh. a novella, if you will. <laughs> That's uh, for the Halloween werewolves, London. <laughs> um, the, the budget on this was seven million dollars. Opening weekend, it made four million dollars, and it grossed worldwide twelve million dollars. So it didn't make a lot of money. This is one of those movies that wasn't a huge hit when it came out. Mm-hmm. Later became a huge cult classic. You ask people to name their top five werewolf movies, I guarantee you Silver Bullet will be in there somewhere. For sure. I, can, defi- I can definitely say that now seeing it, yes. Guarantee it. So this movie started shooting without a proper werewolf suit. That's why you barely see it. Right. Uh, the werewolf dream sequence utilized a total of 70 extras that were divided up into four groups with various levels of makeup and costume. These ranged from approximately 10 principal actors used for close-ups and action shots, having the most refined looks, while the remainders were just made to appear menacing and fill up the rest of the church to give it a full house appearance. We're going to talk a lot about that dream sequence, because it fucked me up when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Complete construction of the werewolf costume took three months. After finalization of the shape and design using three-dimensional clay heads, the entire costume was made of foam and polyurethane and was covered with actual bear hair. The head of the costume was mechanically operated by six people from a distance of up to 30 feet away. Damn. That's funny because the werewolf in this movie kind of looks like a bear. Yes, for sure. There's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So that's really funny that they did There's that. more bear than a wolf. Right. More wolf than man. Grizzly, isn't it? And more human than human. More human than human. No? No. 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 <laughs> so check this out. Corey Haim became friends with Gary Busey's son, Jake Busey, from Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Bringing it around. Uh, many years later, Jake stated, Corey Haim was in the film and we were the same age. Corey was six months younger than I was. So me being there as a visitor and Corey being there as an employee and the lead kid, we really became friends. We spent a lot of time together. We did a lot of fishing off the piers of Roscoe Beach in North Carolina. We had a really good time. It was before he was a celebrity, before anyone knew who he was. It was kind of one of his first movies. So he hadn't been tainted by the machine yet. We really did hit it off well, and I remember watching him work and thinking, we're skateboarding together, we're fishing together, we're on beaches in North Carolina, we're doing whatever, what, whenever 13-year-olds do, yet I was on the sidelines watching him and my dad acting, and I remember thinking, I could do this, I could totally be doing this, that looks really fun. In fact, this is frustrating that I don't get to do it. I'm going to be in Starship Troopers someday. <laughs> Uh, this was Daniel Atiyah's first and only feature film he directed, and for the rest of the 1980s to today, he mostly directed TV episodes for some famous shows and hasn't made another theatrical film. Which is funny, because this movie is really shot like a TV show when for you sure. think about it. It's really shot that way. It's shot almost like it. Yeah. 
like how they have right. the, the, I guess the what because that's that was a TV movie. Yes, or whatever. yes, it was TV series ish. Yep. It was a mini series. There we go. Special events. Couldn't think of many series to save my life. Right, that's okay. Tarker's Mill, where the action takes place, is a fictional town within the Stephen King universe. It borders locations of other Stephen King's work, also adapted to the film. So funny, because I was about to say, mm-hmm. I'm really surprised this film didn't take place in Derry, like it, it. and mm-hmm. everything else. Yeah, But Chester's Mill, Derry, Castle Rock, um, and others. Marty and Janie's uh, giving of their silver medallion and cross to their uncle to get them made into a silver bullet is a subtle reference to the story of the Beast of Gavaudan, probably the most famous werewolf story in history and the origin of the silver bullet myth. In the story, a werewolf rampaged through the French countryside for three years in or near a town called Gavaudan. According to the story, after the Beast killed the wife and child of a local hunter by the name of Jean Castel, he had his cross, a family heirloom, made into a silver bullet and made the local priest bless it three times. Because of its popularity, the story had found its way into many works of fiction regarding werewolves. That's interesting. Hmm. <coughs> That's really interesting. Early drafts of the film script, including the press book release, stated that the werewolf speaks. In the actual film itself, the werewolf does not speak at any time. But I bet it speaks in the story, I guarantee it. I haven't read the story, but... <laughs> Swear to me! Oh. <laughs> um, the movie is based on Stephen King 1983 book, Cycle of the Werewolf. Speaking of cycles, if you want to watch a really good werewolf movie, that's off the cuff. Mm-hmm. There's a movie called Late Cycles on Netflix, I think. I know it's on Shudder, but I think it's also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's called Late Cycles. Just for all you guys out there, check it out. That's all I'm going to say. It's fucking cool. Sweet. It's about a blind guy fighting a werewolf in an in a HOA. It's so great. Uh, Brady's father mentions the cemetery Harmony Hill. This is another tie-in to other Stephen King adaptations, particularly Salem's Lot, which was also a made-for-TV movie, which is great. Fred Willard's in that one, and the guy from Starsky and Hutch. Mm. So good. Um, but we talked earlier about... so. We're talking about the... Well, let's save the funeral scene until we get there. i got a lot to say about it. Anyway. Filming began in October 1984 and finished slightly before Christmas of the same year. Nice. So they held it for damn near a year. Yeah. Yeah. Before they put it out. The film is one of two Stephen King film adaptations released in 1985, the other film being Cat's Eye, which is a great movie. That was... uh, I think Firestarter was Drew Barrymore's first movie. This had to be close to being her first movie, too, though. There's, I can't remember if it was Cat's Eye or, or Firestarter. But in Cat's Eye, she's a little girl, and there's a little uh, evil little gnome thing under her bed. And, mm. and the cat is an, it's a, it's an anthology film with four, show, four stories, mm-hmm. but the cat is in every story. Gotcha. So that's why it's called Cat's Eye. The last one is the little guy under the bed with the spear. Like a little gremlin or gnome thing, and the cat ends up saving her from it, and because they don't believe her that it's torturing her, mm-hmm. and then at the end the cat gets it, and then the dad finds a tiny little spear on the floor and says, "What the heck?" Anyway, the film had a budget. Oh, we already read that. The bar that the mob gathers in before searching for the werewolf is called Owen's Bar. Stephen King had a son named Owen. Well, that's great. Name the bar after your kid. I hope he was an adult, Stephen. Just kidding. Reverend Lester Lowe's car is a 1976 Chevrolet Chevelle Malibu classic. Dude, I had a 79 Chevelle. Nice. 
and I was going to fix it up. Um, the front quarter panel was totally destroyed, but I was going to replace it and just rebondo the whole thing, And but it didn't work out that way. <laughs> uh, it had an Edelbrock engine in it. Mm-hmm. it fucking cherried out chrome engine in this thing. It was fucking awesome. And uh, unfortunately, whoever did it didn't put the men- engine mounts on well, so I was on the freeway one day, and the whole back of the engine just dropped. It was literally like a, an angle when I opened it. The Damn. back was just dropped. And I left it on the side of the fr- This is the second time I've told a story like this. I left it on the side of the freeway and never went back. Much like my Honda Civic 10 years later. Damn. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I, I'm going to... Some of that shit's going to bite me now. Some of, this, some of these days. They didn't get you for like an abandoned car? No, I just left them until they disappeared. Somebody towed it. I don't know. Damn. This film is the 10th Stephen King film adaptation. Wow. This movie was released during an early to mid-1980s cycle, no pun, no pun intended, of werewolf movies. The other movies being Wolfen. Good movie. The Howling. Good movie. American Werewolf in London. Good movie. Full Moon High. I have not seen it. Company of Wolves. I have not seen it. Howling 2. Decent movie. Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Teen Wolf 2, Garbage. Terrible. And Howling 3, meh. So, wait, wait, wait. So, if you look, Wolfen, The Howling, and American Werewolf in London, Mm -hmm. and Full Moon High, all All 1981. Yep. Wow. All coming off because The Howling was such a hit. They're like, get those movies out. Get them out. It's, It's almost like how, you know, The Walking Dead... So once they did The Walking Dead, there was a grip of zombie movies. Well, Walking Dead was the result also of the zo- the prior zombie craze because there was a huge zombie movement, mm-hmm. which is why Walking Dead happened, I think. But it only continued. I think I would call Walking Dead midway Mid- through the yeah, zombie yeah. thing because it's like oh five. Because what that's that oh five before is... Walking Dead. I made a lot of money on zombie shirts. So. <laughs> So if you, no, Walking if you, Dead was like 2010. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. thinking 05 is uh, Dawn of Dead or 05, 06. Yeah. So you got to think even before then it's, um, uh, what's the one in London? Fuck, 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 fuck. American Werewolf in London? No, 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 no. So American Zombie Werewolf movie. in Paris? Zombie. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's right. 28 Zombies. days later. 28 days later. Mm-hmm. That's like 20, what? 28 days later. That's what? 2002 or something like that? 28 weeks later. That I didn't uh, I wasn't a fan of that one. I liked it. It went along with the first one, I thought. It was oh, yeah. right. But that was, you know, like the... Right. The, Shaun of the Dead. The push of Don't it. Don't forget Shaun of the Dead. So this is the first horror film that Terry O'Quinn has starred in. The other two films that Terry O'Quinn starred in were The Stepfather and Stepfather 2. Make Room for Daddy. It was 1987 and 1989. Those are good. Good movies. Those are great movies. Um, suffered from poor marketing, specifically a series of uninspired posters. Damn. Seriously, this look at the cover of the VHS tape. Right. That. This looks like a ripoff. It really does. The VHS tape that I have looks like a ripoff of the cover of Salem's Lot. Hmm. It really does. There's nothing on this besides the name Silver Bullet. They would even try to tell you maybe the full moon. That this has anything to do with a werewolf. Yeah, if you didn't say this was a werewolf movie, I would have never known. Yeah. So, Uncle Red's car is a 1980 MGB Mark III. <clears throat> nice little sports car. Little midget. Right? Though the film takes place in 1976, it was shot in 1984 and released in 1985. Fakers. <laughs> this is the ninth Stephen King film adaptation released in the 80s. 
Corey Haim and Corey Feldman appeared in several movies together and were close friends off-screen as well. Feldman appeared in Stand By Me the following year, which was also based on a Stephen King story. If I'm not mistaken, they said there were seven altogether that they were in. Yeah. One being, of course, your favorite. The Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Crying little sister. I was actually going to put that in. Okay, so right before you texted me mm-hmm. today, you, mm-hmm. Roman threw me off. He texted me early. He's like, let's make an early day. I, I was like, whoa, okay, sweet. I sweet. didn't know we were doing anything today. Cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, you do your thing, you know, mm-hmm. out in the wild. Right. You know, they say, if you love something, let it go. Yeah. And if it comes back, it was meant to be. Damn right. Well, here we are, motherfucker. Here we are, motherfuckers. Anyway, um, as you texted me, I was working on some of the subs. I was getting files ready to sublimate because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get a bunch of printed stuff on paper mm-hmm. so that whenever I feel like it, I can just go in there and turn the heat press on and just start pressing stuff if I want to. Makes sense. But I was like, I'm going to take the laptop in the living room and watch The Lost Boys. Because I'm, I'm doing a lot of 80s horror stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to get in the mood a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And I was digging around from, okay, don't strangle me here. I know it's a VHS podcast, but I was digging around for my Lost Boys Blu-ray. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. And I realized, it's funny because we talked about this earlier, it's up here. It's mm-hmm. over there on that dresser somewhere. And I was like, I don't want to go upstairs. I don't want to go upstairs. Fuck. So when you texted me, I was actually trying to find another. I was I was almost about to watch Chud, which I watched a week ago. I don't know why I'm going to watch it again. But I was about to, I watched it on uh, Shudder. Mm-hmm. So I was actually going to pull out my, my Chud Blu-ray so I could watch the special features. Gotcha. When you texted me. And I was like, well, I guess I'm watching Silver Bullet now. Nice. And putting all this shit away so I can take notes. <laughs> so, so we brought it around town. Mm-hmm. It's Lost Boys. Love that movie. That's so that's my number one probably go to background movie. That and uh, from Dust Till Dawn and Vampires. Mm-hmm. It's a whole vampire thing there. All right, makes sense. Um, yeah, they did a really cool movie called Dream a Little Dream, mm-hmm. where they were Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. They were best friends, and somehow Corey Feldman switches bodies with this old man. But Corey Haim is on a cane. The entire time in the movie because his leg is broken. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in the script. He broke his leg like two weeks before filming started. Damn. So they had to write it in the script that his leg was broken. Really Damn. funny. License to Drive. Classic with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Um, I don't know. There's more, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, Stand By Me is a great movie. Have mm-hmm. you seen it? I have, I've never seen it all the way through. Dude, it's got Corey Feldman, mm-hmm. Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, Jerry O'Connell. It's like an all-star kid cast. Like oh, all those guys grew up to be big deals. Right. The River Phoenix, big ups, RIP. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Um, but yeah, good shit. Okay, so now that we did the IMDb shit, mm-hmm. we can bring it back around town to the uh, notes here. So John Locke from Lost is the sheriff. Mm-hmm. And he gets up at the little carnival thing and he announces... The Reverend, who's going to get up and say a few words. So Reverend Lowe gets up to speak. And he's like, So, peoples, can you can you get it? That would have been funny if you had that queued up. That would have been pretty funny. I didn't queue up any surprises this time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, though. It's two weeks too late. It's all good. No, when I was watching the movie, actually, I thought I, I didn't have time to do it. But when he found, when, when the sheriff finds the bloody kite, Mm-hmm. And he's saying the Hail Mary. I was going to queue up Tupac. <laughs> Come with me. Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Take a long, quick see. What do we have <laughs> here now? <laughs> but the world would have left him alone then. He'd be like, oh, he cool. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, so the Reverend gets up to speak, and as he does, um, Janie's like, I'm going to go over here and do something, because this is boring now. So um, they show, she was, oh, and then they're like, don't forget to check on your brother. And she's like, and she pretty much narrates that she has to take care of him all the time, and Mm -hmm. she's sick of it. And then you find out it's because he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Uh, Marty is playing with a snake with his buddy. uh, Billy? No, it's, uh, it doesn't matter. I wrote it later on when the kid gets killed. Spoilers! Um, He's playing with his buddy with a snake. He's not playing with his buddy Snake, but he's playing with his buddy with a snake. And um, he's in a wheelchair, and then Marty's friend climbs up into the tree because he sees, they see her over talking to some boys and like kind of showing off her skirt a little bit, which plays into the movie later. Mm -hmm. She's kind of showing off her clothes a little bit and like being flirty with these boys. So he climbs up into the tree and he hides and waits for her to come find Marty, and then he drops the snake down at her. And she gets scared and she backs up and she falls into some mud. Mm-hmm. She falls. She falls first, face first, face first, and then onto some. Well, by the puddle mm-hmm. in some dirt, it gets mm-hmm. all dirty. You ripped my hose. Yeah, and then uh, he's like, my fuck, legs. He's like, fuck your hose. <laughs> so then, um, so I tried to stop him. She, yeah, he's like, it's not my fault. And she's like, ah, and then she goes to run away, and she backs into the puddle and falls ass first, right into the wet puddle of mud. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I hate you. And then she gets in trouble saying she hates him. Fucking cripple. On top of everything else. Fucking cripple. Yeah. On top of everything else, she gets in trouble. You get all the good parking spaces. Oh, my God. (laughs) Not only does she get... She fall in the mud and get all filthy. She gets in trouble for it. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's pissed. So on the way home... And you can tell Marty kind of feels bad. He's like, it wasn't really my idea. Wait. You forgot she, she takes off her pantyhose in the bushes. Oh, that's right. I did skip that because mm-hmm. I can't see. Mm-hmm. She's in the bushes cleaning up. Because she, she runs away. She runs Because that's when she's like, yeah, look at my pantyhose. You ripped my legs. And her friend was like, his friend was like, I am. She, so then she's in the bushes, like, taking her pantyhose off so nobody sees. And she overhears and sees a conversation between this man and this woman and she's crying, and she's saying, it's your baby, I'm pregnant. He's like, it ain't my baby, you fucking slut. That's your oven, but not my and bun. he's like, it's your bun, it's your oven, but it ain't my bun. I know a lot of other guys have been shooting their dough up in there. Oh, shit. Make some buns. <laughs> shit, there's three other guys there the night I did it. Hot bunning, coming for you. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hot cross buns. <laughs> so then, she, so she overhears that. So then on the way home... She's really mad, and she's kind of going back and forth with Marty. She's like, I said, I'm sorry. I meant it. I'm And then her mom is like, you need to just calm down or whatever. Oh, she threatens to slap her. Look, no, because what she she says is she's like, you always take up for him. Because he's crippled. Because he's crippled. It's not my fault he's crippled. And she's like, I'm going to smack the fucking. She said, you say anything else, I'm going to smack you. I'm going to smack the yellow off your teeth. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, so that word gets thrown around a lot in this movie, and we were laughing because it's 1985. It's so un-PC now. Mm-hmm. You know, now she'd be like, he's so differently abled. <laughs> it's not my fault he's differently abled. <laughs> so then now they get home, and on top of everything else, they're getting out, and they're unloading the car, and they're like, don't forget to help your brother out of the car. Like, so fuck. now she has to, like, help him out of the car. And I got to point out through this whole movie, Corey Haim, did an incredible job mm-hmm. of acting like he couldn't move his legs. There's one part where I was like, yeah, he definitely moved his legs. That was when he was getting out of the car. No, 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 no. So, um, 
when he's coming down to go shoot the fireworks. Oh, coming out his window. Uh, but he, on the way down, though, oh, he's really his legs, great. His legs are dangling. So he gets down, and he's, like, moving his legs because they're, like, under him. Yeah, so to he, get on the, the he, little thing. He's, like, moving them. But right. I was, like, outside of that, he, he did, did really, He did a really good yes, job of acting like he yes. didn't So then she has to lift him up put him in the wheelchair. And then... Um, she lets him struggle up the fucking ramp, and then it cuts. Right. And I noticed while she was helping him out of the car, he's dressed like Gilligan from Gilligan's. He's totally wearing the Gilligan shirt from Gilligan's Island. So then um, she asked if Uncle he asked if Uncle Red's still coming for a visit. Mm-hmm. And um, Janie kind of you could tell she kind of doesn't like Uncle Red as much as he does. Mm-hmm. It's like well he's going to come over. She's getting divorced again. He's getting again. another divorce. This is number three or two. Yeah, number three, I think they said it was. Mm-hmm. So then Janie's sleeping in her bed later that night. Well, well, she she like shits on him. Oh, yeah, she's like, he's just a drunk. He's just a drunk. Yeah. Didn't you fucking notice that or something like yeah, that? That's all he does like, is drink. Don't you talk about him like that. So like, then Aw. later on in the night, Janie's sleeping in her bed. Marty comes to the door and he's in his chair and he's like, we sleep and she's laying there and he wheels over to the side of the bed with the table on it and he puts money on the bed. Mm-hmm. I puts mean, on the dresser. Three bucks. Yeah, and it's a little change. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, what's the money for? And he's like, it's so you can buy new pantyhose. So I'm sorry. Legs. I'm sorry. And she looks and he goes, is it enough? And she turns the light on and she counts it and she gives him some of the money back. She so goes, I can get some for $1.49. She goes, I can get a pair of legs for $1.49 downtown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was funny because... Every time I go downtown to get a pair of legs, it costs me at least 20 or 30 bucks. It's a 40 piece at least. <laughs> 40 piece at least. It's finger licking good, let me tell you. Girls, girls, mm-hmm. girls. So then they show that the moon is full again. Mm-hmm. We're not sure how much time has passed here. We right. got to assume it's been a cycle, maybe. Right. So the moon is full again. And now the lady that was crying about being pregnant, I really felt bad for her when the guy ran off. And she was sitting on the bench just agonizingly crying. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, damn. Shouldn't have been a hoe, huh? Mm-hmm. So she's sitting, she's got, she's sitting in her room and she's got a picture of that dude right. on I'm, her table right there by her bed. Then she busts out all these hot tamales. After all <laughs> that shit, she still got his smiling picture on her fucking table. And then, yeah, she busts out all the hot tamales out of the pill jar. Look, I laughed. I was like, are those hot tamales? <laughs> and some red hots. And she's like, committing suicide's a sin. And on top of that, I'm pregnant. I'm probably going to hell. But I don't give a fuck. And she pops the pills. Mm-hmm. She's trying to kill herself. She's trying to take herself out of the situation. And taking the baby with her. Straight to hell. Mm-hmm. The baby in hell. Hell in the hand. Fucked up. Fucked up. That baby to hell. He didn't do nothing to you. Yeah, wrong like, It's fucked up. I'm still an embryo and I'm in hell. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mom. Thanks a lot. But that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the hero of our movie, mm-hmm. the werewolf. The werewolf. A wolf, eh? A werewolf. A werewolf. How about a werewolf? <laughs> so you see the wolf kind of prowling around outside and then he's climbing. I love this word. He's climbing the trellis mm-hmm. to get into her upstairs bedroom window. Her mom is downstairs gleefully playing the piano. Mm-hmm. She's got like a, 
a garter on her arm and a little t- bowler hat on. <laughs> like, my daughter's pregnant. She's going to commit suicide. Anyway. <laughs> so then the wolf comes busting through the window. Mm-hmm. Like the and Kool-Aid all of a sudden, man. this bitch don't want to die. <laughs> the Kool-Aid yeah, he was man. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was the Kool-Aid man. He bust in like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, she's tearing off on this motherfucker. Dude, she smacked him good a few times. She was whooping his ass, But dude. he got her anyway. Bitch. Hmm, <laughs> baby. The other white meat. Right? <laughs> so then um, the mom hears the commotion upstairs, and instead of running up right away to see what's going on, starts digging around for what I'm assuming is a gun mm-hmm. that I don't know that she ever finds, but she's no, digging. No, she gets Did a gun. Did she find uh-huh. it? She's like, oh, it's not there. I better check she, over here. Oh, it's not there. I better check over here. Because she cocks it right before she opens the door. Okay. So then... Look, at least she had the wherewithal to grab a fucking gun. They did a lot of good shots here of showing the wolf without showing the mm-hmm. whole wolf. Mm-hmm. And it's probably because they didn't have the suit finished. Right. But it was very, very well done cinema- cinematography-wise. You, you see the eyes. you know, like teeth, mm-hmm. the hand, like little bits and pieces, but you don't get a full shot till later. Mm-hmm. Of course, she gets up there too late. Her daughter sprawled across the bed, all bloody, and she's like, "Ah!" So then, now the sheriff's on the phone with state police, mm-hmm. and they don't sound like they're going to be offering much help. So he's like, "Fuck you!" When he hands up, and his fat deputy, who also plays a fat deputy on In the Heat of the Night, which was a television series from the eighties with Carol O'Connor, <laughs> In the Heat of the Night. Yeah. I can walk in my sleep. <laughs> Not that same one. No. But it was based on a movie that starts Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Poitier. I tried to say it right. Poitier. Poitier. <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner fame. <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, the fat deputy is there with him. And he's like, you think it was a good idea to tell him to fuck off? He goes, I waited until he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good thing, John Locke, you got to unlock them fucking numbers to get in that their, uh, uh, underground bunker on that island that you're stuck on when you should be in a wheelchair, but you can walk for some reason because it's all gravity and flips upside down. <laughs> that was basically lost in 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, so we get a good look at... Uh, oh, so the... Okay, before that, the... Yokels in the bar are talking shit about the sheriff. The one guy's kind of riling everybody up. The guy mm-hmm. looks like Triple H's dad. <laughs> he hits the chops in the <laughs> nose. He's like, what good is the sheriff? He's a piece of shit. He's stupid. And everybody's like, and then the, the deputy's like, you better shut up. He's like, what are you going to do about a fatso? And then he walks out. And then he's like, our tax dollars go to pay for the sheriff. And then one of the dudes at the bar is like, Last we heard, you was in arrears on your taxes. He's like, are you trying to fuck with me, boy? Uh, I love doing these southern yokel accents. And they start mm-hmm. going at it. Then we get a close-up, which they did on purpose, right. of the Peacemaker, which is a baseball bat. He split it in between them, the two. the Peacemaker carved into it. And mm-hmm. it's Lawrence Tierney as the bartender. Mm-hmm. Lawrence Tierney, in case you guys forgot, was Joe from Reservoir Dogs, the big boss that organized the entire Diamond Heist. Mm-hmm. That Steve Buscemi gets into it with because he doesn't want to be Mr. Pink. I'll be Mr. Black. No, you're not Mr. Black. Mr. Black's another guy on another job. You're Mr. Pink. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> I love it. And then when he's uh, they're eating in the restaurant, he's like, give it up. Where are the tips? And he's like, we're short. And they're like, he doesn't believe in tipping, Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. 
And he's like, give it up, you cheap bastard. I bought you breakfast. <laughs> anyway. Um, so now he tells him, like, you guys calm down. I'm beat the shit out of you. But mm-hmm. that whole scene was done just so you could see that baseball bat. Mm-hmm. It's important later. Mm-hmm. So now um, Marty is cruising around on his motorized wheelchair called the Silver Bullet. Wah, wah. I don't. Was it was it still yes. considered? The, yes, still, because okay. the new one was the other, the new silver bullet. Gotcha. This thing was still called the silver bullet. His uncle Red had motorized it for him. He's tooling around, and they're like, oh, "I'm so glad to be out of school." And he's like, "I like school." Like, yeah, that's why you're in a wheelchair, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, um, we find out he has a little girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They're, I would say they're walking home from school, but they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> they were riding. He was in his wheelchair. She was on a bank. Yeah, they saw. They'd be hating. They saw him rolling. So then uh, Marty has a little girlfriend named Tammy. Trying to catch because I'm white and nerdy. Right. White and nerdy. Dude, he got a little bit of action. White and nerdy. So uh, she gets. She goes. They go by the house Mm -hmm. where the murder happened, Mm -hmm. and the cops are like boarding up the window. I didn't want to go by myself. Yeah, and she was like. Thanks for going by there with me. I didn't want to go by myself. It's scary. He goes, yeah, it can be a little scary. She goes, you know what else is scary? She's like, what's that? That shed over there. She's like, I keep hearing noises in the shed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's, and he's like, well, I'd go check for you, but... And he's like motioning his legs. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> not what he said. What did he say? He said something like... Uh, I probably just because he goes the old silver bullet probably gets stuck or something. Oh, he does say that. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, oh you're probably right." He said, "I would go if I could." I should have gone out with Johnny Hinginger. He can <laughs> walk. He would have checked that shit out for me. No, she doesn't say that. She goes, "I know you would." She lays a kiss on him, mm-hmm. dude. As as the dad, and the then other. the drunken dad comes out. Get away from that cripple! You're gonna catch something. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna catch the cripple. <laughs> See your legs getting smaller already. You're gonna be dancing like MC Hammer. <laughs> oh, don't be a menace. Ah, Kentucky's done. But yeah, he, and then he literally says, "Fucking cripples, they all end up on welfare." <laughs> and you were made a good point. He was probably on welfare himself, the he's fucking drinking, white trash yokel. He's drinking his, Coors Banquets yeah, and shit. It's the Banquets of Beer. <laughs> the like, beer banquets. What the fuck? Banquet Beer. It's fancy. He, he looked like he it's was sweating under his titty meat. Colorado Rockies. Is, is that your, uh, is that Sam, your Sam? Sam Elliott, yeah. Mm-hmm, that's your Sam, yep. huh? I couldn't get it all the way. I was going right. to say, Sam. Um. So, yeah, the guy chases her in. Stop making out with that cripple. <laughs> I don't even like that song down by Cripple Creek. I don't even listen to it. <laughs> so then uh, Marty makes it to the gas station just in time. She's going down the road and he's looking at his gas tank. And when he goes sputtering in right up to the pump. And then the old man comes out. And this movie does a really good job of giving you that small town feel. Right. Everybody knows each other. The old, the nice old gas station guy comes out. How you doing, Marty? He said, I'm doing all right, sir. Sit on the wheelchair, I see. He oh, said, thanks I, for reminding me, sir. He's like, I see you You, you know, made it just in the nick of time again. Right. So you can tell that that's his did MO. Say, did you say nick of time? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought you said nick of time. Nick of time. <laughs> <laughs> he was 15 minutes late. 
<laughs> you had to wheel your ass <laughs> here, huh? <laughs> so everybody mad for I barely got here. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, he's like, can you fill her up? He's like, you want me to check the oil and wipe, wipe the windshield, the windshield. <laughs> and take you out back, put you out your misery? <laughs> <laughs> but he's really nice. He's smiling. and He's like an old guy that runs the filling station. So then um, he gets home and Uncle Red is now visiting and they're sitting there playing poker. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Red is soused off his ass. Soused. Off his ass. Soused. There's a difference between being drunk and being soused. And he was soused. Yes. Off his ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, he's piss-ass drunk is what I put. And they're playing poker. And then the mom comes over and she's trying to put Marty to bed. And he's like, just let him finish the damn game, you cunt. You go back in the kitchen. And Marty's like, yeah, you cunt. Let me finish the damn game. I think you're being a bad influence on Marty. How? He said, <laughs> he said I'll raise you a Yankee. He said, fuck the Indians. Fuck, fuck the, the damn He's like, piss on the Indians. Piss on the Yankees. Piss on every other minority I can think of. Because it's the 80s and we don't care. Like, I was like, good God almighty. What are you even talking about? And Marty's laughing his ass off like he knows what he's saying. I'm like, I don't think you know what he's saying either. Like, he's like, ah, Red, you're so funny. <laughs> so then um, she finally gets Marty to go upstairs, mm-hmm. and they kind of get into it. She's like, I don't want you drinking around Marty. He's like, don't tell me how to live my life. You always tell me how to live my <laughs> life. Right? And then they were like, go back and forth, and he's like, you don't see him as anything but a cripple. He's so much more than that. And she's like, oh, it's easy for you. Just come in here once a month. And be all kinds of fun, and you're the one that leaves, and I got to deal with how he acts when you leave, and right? get sad, and blah blah blah. He's like, I just don't want him to give up. He's like, he ain't gonna give up. She's like, well, I don't want him to learn giving up from you. Like, ooh. And he was like, you. Ooh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they get into it, and uh. <laughs> Yo, wait, 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 wait. wait. wait, wait, wait. She puts him on that fucking, the thing for the The, upstairs. The thing from Gremlins. (laughs) I'm like, oh, shit. Like, the what? dang, what is that shit called? Because I can see the infomercial for the... Right. Oh, I've fallen. I can't go up the stairs. Yeah. That was life alert. I've fallen, and I can't get up. (laughs) So, yeah, but it's the thing from Gremlins Mm -hmm. that the old lady was in, and the Gremlins fuck with it, and they launch her out the window. They also use it in... uh, Annabelle Origins, the little girl's using it. Oh shit! And man. she's there's a part in the movie where she's trying to go downstairs because the demon's upstairs, and it stops on its own and starts going back up, and she starts jamming that button like a motherfucker, but it's not working. It's so crazy. Anyway, now we cut to Tammy's dad, mm-hmm. who is sweet, watching NWA wrestling on TV <laughs> and drinking a beer. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. But then there's a noise in the shed again, and he's like, "It's so funny." He goes. I'm gonna have to do something about this. <laughs> well, he, look, he's he's sauce too. Yeah, he is. He gets up and he grabs his shotgun. And he loads it with salt, like with uh, rock salt, mm-hmm. and uh, goes out to the shed to investigate. Look, he clicked it once. I, I don't like, know. Oh, shit. I don't know if he was thinking it was a an animal or a person. He's like, I'm gonna shoot your ass. Like he kept saying, I'm gonna shoot you. Can't wait. I hope you're still there so I can shoot you. It was probably, you know... Like a raccoon or something. Yeah, because it looked like they were uh, growing, you know, fucking... It looked like a greenhouse or something. Yeah, and a bunch of plants in there. Mm-hmm. But he gets in there, the shed's all busted up, shit's broken, knocked over. And um, then they do the shot, he's walking by, and you see the eye under the floor. Dun-dun-dun! Another like, shot oh, of the wolf, shit. but not the wolf. 
So then uh, the werewolf actually comes up through the floor. Wait, wait, wait. This is important. Um, he's startled and he shoots the gun. Oh, that's right. He does shoot one of his own pots. Cause I think I think it's he only had he put one bullet in there. Right. So he gets fucking grabbed yep. by the werewolf from under him. So the Fumunda? Fumunda. <laughs> so he the werewolf busts out of the floor mm-hmm. which splinters the floorboard and, he's and grabs him and he falls forward mm-hmm. onto the broken floorboard which impales him and then gets jerked under and killed by the werewolf. Me like dang extra killed by the werewolf. Dang, double tap. So then they show the town, because mm-hmm. now there's been another murder. Uh, the Triple H dad guy from the bar is the owner of the gun shop. Surprise, mm-hmm. surprise. The drunk guy shit talking in the bar is the owner of the gun shop. So the shotguns are on sale now. Mm-hmm. He's taking full advantage of this situation. Hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, I yep. think. Single barrel, double barrel. Right. Mm-hmm. Double Fuck barrel it. for 300 bucks. Fuck yeah, I'm with it. So then uh, people are, because there's a curfew, uh, people are pulling their kids in off the street, got the old ladies locking their doors, Look, everybody's being cautious. That little black lady, this is yeah, first that's time you see the black lady, she's like, trying to get in. So then Marty's up in a tree trying to get his kite. Mm-hmm. And I had to kick it up a tree. Like, damn. And his friend is there also flying a kite. His mm-hmm. friend's flying a kite with a smiley face on it. Mm-hmm. I made a connection here because that smiley face, that yellow smiley face, is very prevalent in the howling. Gotcha. It is the mark because the howling starts off with Eddie. They think Eddie's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And he's leaving that smiley face at all his little places where he's murdered people. Mm-hmm. Eddie's a werewolf. But they go to like the adult video arcade and she knows Eddie's there because the little smiley face sticker is on the door. Mm-hmm. That's like his calling card. So then when they get to the colony, which is a community of werewolves, they find out that he had been there because that little smiley face is everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, kind of was an homage to another werewolf movie, The Howling, because he was flying that smiley face kite. Anyway. Makes sense. So then Jamie comes out and she's like, get out of that tree. Dinner was ready an hour ago. And he's like, oh, and he's like, is mom mad? mad? And she's like, she's mad at me for not finding quicker. And I'm like, damn, he really does get away with everything, that little bastard. Right. So then he's like, hey, are you coming? And his friend's like, no, I'm going to wait a little longer. So his friend's still flying his kite. Well, she, she helps him out of the tree. Yes. Because you can, and it goes back to, you know. Oh, and she goes, I had to let you fall. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, you know, she is her brother's keeper. Right. So now we cut to the bar again. And that Wait. Out- so he's, he, you know, as he says, "Are you coming?" He's like, oh, "I'm gonna stick around for a You're right. Now. We're missing an important thing here. Mm-hmm. As he's going away, he turns around. And he looks at his friend, mm-hmm. and he's got this look on his face like he knows mm-hmm. that's the last time he's ever gonna see him. Mm-hmm. Like you know how you get that feeling like something bad's gonna happen here. And his friend's like flying his kite. Do 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 do. In the daytime at that. Yeah. Well, the sun, it's getting late. Mm-hmm. The sun's about to go down. That's why everybody was going in and locking up for curfew. So, this is why. So, you asked me, you know, before we got on the mic. Brady. His name is Brady. There we go. You asked me, uh, oh, did I think it was? Yes. And uh, this is this is my thought at this point as I'm watching the movie. So, the only reason we know about... So, th- there's two killings up to this point. So, we have... Guy in the beginning. We have the girl. Oh, with three. Sorry. Yeah, so the we guy have in the beginning. Guy the in the girl, beginning. The girl. And the... Tammy's dad. Mm-hmm. So, at this point, I'm like, hmm. 
okay, well, guy in the beginning, he's just a, almost a seem, you know, doesn't matter. He's just right dead. He's the first kill. Second one, you're like, ah, uh, you can possibly tie to the boy because of the sister. Mm-hmm. But the third one for sure is the boy. Right. Because she said, the girl said something to him about there being something in there. And the next person that dies is her dad. So I'm like, hmm. Right. So you were thinking that Brady <laughs> was the werewolf. No. Um, Hot Rod. Marty? Mm-hmm. You thought Marty was the werewolf? Oh. The whole time. And he could walk when he was a werewolf? Yeah. Oh, shit. This is what I'm thinking. So this was cool because it was kind of a murder mystery with a werewolf in it. Mm-hmm. And when you first watch the movie, you don't know who the werewolf is. Mm-mm. You're trying to figure it out. I was convinced the first time I watched this movie that Uncle, Uncle Red, Uncle Red was the werewolf because because they they almost set it up because he says, well, he pops in, you know, once a month, once a month, yeah, mm-hmm. and then the killings have been going, yeah. I was convinced it was Red, and then later on I thought that maybe it was the guy that knocked up the lady because they were arguing that she died. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you really are like I don't know who it is. Like I because I, because the, in this moment they put so much emphasis on him looking at his friend right and i'm like hmm. right now i'm coming back for your way right like <laughs> hmm, okay. hmm. so then they cut back to the bar and all the yokels are in the bar and that asshole's popping off again mm-hmm. what is he good for absolutely nothing <laughs> sheriff what is he good <laughs> for absolutely nothing <laughs> he's saying it as a yokel but like jackie chan it was awesome mm-hmm. But then uh, the sheriff, the sheriff's deputy, the fat guy, again gets mad. He's like, "Oh, that's just about enough of your dip. I'm gonna shut your mouth." And they're getting into it, and they're about to fight. And then Brady's dad comes in, and he's like, "Uh, excuse me, everybody. Has anybody seen my son Brady?" <laughs> and they're like, "Why the fuck would he be at the bar? He's like 12 years old." Right. Just kidding. Um, their dad is so fucking weird. His dad is so fucking weird looking. Mm-hmm. He's so weird looking. Anyway, um, so then they do a shot of the bloody kite, and now right. it looks like the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. The smiley I, face with the I blood promise on you, it. I was going to say yes. that. I promise yes. you. Yes. What I couldn't think of the guy's name, so I just didn't say anything. But like fucking the comedians behind this was it. That was his name. <laughs> yeah. I was like, fuck. I, I promise you, I was oh, going to say the so Watchmen, awesome. but I wanted Ozzy to know his Mandius. name. <laughs> so then um the sheriff is john locke sheriff stepfather guy is carrying the kite mm-hmm. and he's like come with me hail, hail mary, mary make a run quick see what do we, we have here now? now do you want to ride or die la, 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 and that made him feel better la, 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 la. and then anyway he's fucked up he's saying his hail marys mm-hmm. and he's fucked up because he found the kid just chewed to pieces with a bloody kite and then um, the next scene is the funeral for the no, kid. No, no, no. The dad running up. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I skipped that. The dad comes up, and they're trying to keep him away. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the kid, and he's like, no. He went like this. No. so then the next scene is the the funeral for the kid Mm -hmm. and the and the fucking reverend reverend gets up and he's like the face of the beast will always show itself and the time of the beast will always come to an end these are the only words of peace that i can give you in this time and it was like 
Thanks. That's what I was doing in the intro, just mm-hmm. in case. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, because that the the scene that I really like is coming up, the fucking dream sequence. Can you dig, dig it? it? There ain't nothing but two cops in this whole town. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's chewing on nobody. <laughs> the boppers hanging with the lizzies. <laughs> the werewolves hanging with the cripples. <laughs> you remember that South Park where uh, Jimmy and... Uh, Timmy? Timmy started a gang called the Crips because they were crippled <laughs> with the Crips. He's like, I'm down like a, down like a, down like a, a clown. <laughs> and then the other Crips showed up because they weren't going to join the, the Crip. The other, oh my God. It's so funny. Timmy. So, Timmy. After the funeral, Marty leaves with Uncle Red. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Uncle Red. So then Marty is telling Uncle Red, what if it's not a guy? What if it's a monster? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a werewolf. He's like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And then he was like, psychos are more active when the moon is out. Mm-hmm. Scientific fact. When they catch this guy, you're going to find just as human as you and me. And then the uh, now the yokels are back in the bar. Mm-hmm. And who do you think their leader is? Triple H's dad, <laughs> the gun owner. And they're taking matters into their own hands. Is exactly what I wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, the sheriff comes in and tries to stop him. And he's like, <coughs> you know what this is? And they're like, what do they call it? Justice. It was uh, uh, personal justice or whatever. Yes. Okay. And he's like, this is one step away from no lynchings mm-hmm. and hanging." All that mm-hmm. other uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. And then they're not listening to him. But he's almost got them convinced. And the dude goes, why don't you shut up? And then Brady's dad speaks up. He goes, yeah, why don't you shut up? I just buried my son. Did you want to go up to that hill up there and dig him up and look at the pieces? He was split in two. Yeah. He was split in yeah. two. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. So then uh, I Deacon was down when that part came on. I'd be like, just because he pissed me off, I'd have been like, could you piss me off? I am going to drive up there and dig up your kid. How are you like that, motherfucker? Look, test me. Test look, Detroit what? Detroit what? The funny thing is, <laughs> in that moment, I was like, everybody still go the fuck home. Right. Like, But nope, Brady's dad got them all riled up again. They were about to calm down. He mm-hmm. got them all riled up again. They're like, let's go. Everybody's like, yeehaw. So then the mob moves out. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Reverend's in the parking lot trying to stop him. Mm-hmm. And they're all, shut the fuck up, Reverend. And it's funny because the sheriff goes, this is that community coming together you've been talking about. He's all mad because he couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I put mob justice meets the werewolf in some fog. That's what I call the next scene. So my thought is where the fuck, like this is the, one of those what the fuck moments. Why specifically there? Because right. there's been... Right. Four killings now. Other than I can think, maybe that's the wooded area outside the place by where he was flying the kite. Uh, look. All I know is that fog was up to their chest. There was some hella fog. So my place. thought is, again, there's there's been four deaths. So there's one on the train tracks. There's one at the girl's house. <coughs> there's one at the, the little girl's house. house yeah. And then now at the park. But they're it's going everywhere. up to... The woods. Very yeah. specifically. I right. was like... Well, it's funny. So they're right. walking... They're all sucking... Fucking... Um, they're supposed to be like hunters and shit. Mm-hmm. But they don't know shit. 
the guy's walking through the fog and he steps in a bear trap Yo, or a wolf trap or something. That like, shit was oh, so it was so funny. Because the old guy from the filling station's with him. Mm-hmm. And he pries it loose. He's like, ah. Oh. And then somebody sent something. He's like, what? And he lets it go. Yeah. And it snaps back on the guy's leg. He's like, ah. Oh. Yo, that shit was so funny because Fucking I knew hilarious. I knew someone was gonna step on a bear trap. Right, For, it just I just had a feeling that this shit was gonna happen. Right, because clearly, like you said, they're all hunters and stuff, and yep. they're searching for something. And the funny thing is, they don't know what they're looking for. Right. So I'm like, what the fuck? They're going up to God knows where, right? Looking for God knows what. Yeah. That was a plot hole for me. I'm not even going to lie. So the shit talker guy is mm-hmm. the leader. And they're mm-hmm. all kind of walking with him. And then he's like, do you hear that? It's up here. And then this old guy's like, it sounds like it's coming from behind us. It's not even over there. We should just go back to our cars. And um, his wife. Right. I'm getting to that. And they're trying to <laughs> hunt, but they're being hunted. I'm mm-hmm. very, I'm into writing this shit. Mm-hmm. Today. And you can read it too. So then the you? guy is saying, yeah, he's Come from behind us. We just go back to our car. His wife goes, "What are you gonna do? Make lemonade in your pants?" I was like, "Wow, these references are wild, are wild." <laughs> You're gonna make lemonade. Are you gonna make lemonade in your pants? It's like, no, I'm not. You do. No. You have. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yo, uh, that shit was funny. I ain't looking for no lemonade, but I'd take a little sour cream if you know what I mean. <laughs> Said I've already had my shower for today. Oh my god, you're gonna make lemonade in your pants. <laughs> so, I don't know if you noticed this, but <laughs> he sends the black dude past him, the 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 gun owner. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah. He kind of like backs up and like, yeah, that way, that right, way. Right, right. I was like, oh. So they're going to oh. form a line right. and walk in a, a, a vertical line. Single file. So that any, that nothing can move past them. And now we see Lawrence Tierney's there and he's got his bat. And they hear the moving. And <laughs> I think it was the guy, the kid's dad was like, it's under the fog. He's like, it's right here with us. And he's like. Back up very slowly. <laughs> and then he gets grabbed and, and pulled. Actually, I think it's the, the guy. It's the gas station guy, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think the black dude got it he first. Got, so well, That's when he was like, back up very slowly. And then, <laughs> I, but I wrote down, it figures. Of course. The fucking black dude of got course. it first. Look, there was only two of them in this line. Right. And he's the first one so to you go. So you gotta think the other one's like, oh, I'm good now. Right. <laughs> they already got him. It's funny. We when, met the um, quota. Who was it? It was... Uh, <laughs> D.L. Hughley, I think. Was it D.L. Hughley talking about the the hijacking on the plane? <laughs> he goes, there was only one other black dude on the plane. I looked over him, and I nodded, and he nodded back to me. And I heard one of the old white women go, I think those two fellows are going to try to do something. He's like, nah, bitch. That's him and me showing our agreement that we know ain't shit going to happen to us on this plane. <laughs> you see them call the White House? Yes, we have two black... Hello? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ain't no ransom. Yeah, ain't no ransom. No, nobody want no ransom for no black person. So hilarious. I don't, I don't think it was DL, but uh, uh, fuck whoever it was. I remember. I can remember yeah. it. I just can't think who I it think is. Those two fellows are gonna try and do something. No, <laughs> like, no. Nah, nah. Was it? Was it Chappelle? Was it Dave Chappelle? It might have been. I it don't. Sounds know like some Chappelle shit, but it's funny. Like, no, that's us acknowledging. We know we're okay. Nothing. She's gonna happen to us. 
<laughs> Look, they ain't hijacking Dude, shit for us. That fog is thick now. Thick, 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 thick. And they getting fucked up. Right. So then <laughs> they're all fucking scared. And um Run. The the guy that made lemon in his pants goes, I can't move. He was so scared. <laughs> it would have been sounding way better if he was like, I am terrified beyond rational thoughts. <laughs> Remember Egon? I made lemonade in my pants. I made lemonade in my pants. <laughs> made lemonade. So then they try to back up, and then all hell breaks loose. And one of the other guys gets it, and Lawrence Tierney's running away, and he gets it. And this is so funny. I don't know if you caught this. He whooped, He caught him twice or three Listen, times with it. I never realized till today. Mm-hmm. That that bat was in Lawrence Tierney's hand. I always assumed the werewolf was beating him with a bat. I didn't catch it for some reason he after got like, 20 years. He got like three legs like, on him. You son of a bitch! Mm. I'm going to get you! <laughs> ah! And then the wolf hand has the fucking bat. Yes. And it's beating him to death with it. Oh my god. I don't know why I never realized he started out with it and it got taken from him. Yo, he had, he got, <laughs> look, he got like three licks on him too, I promise you. You son of a bitch. I got you. <laughs> got I you got you. Like, ah! uh, you missed the pink. <laughs> pow, pow. I was like, oh, oh damn. Oh, my God. It was great. And that wolf loved that bat for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. He was using that bat on people. And so, then, uh, the scene now, later, so there's three coffins. Done. Now there's like three coffins in the church, mm-hmm. and they're doing another funeral. Oh, uh, what did I say? Private justice. Is that what it was? Funeral. Yes. Funeral nightmare scene is what I wrote. And I didn't write anything else because I can totally do this. This scene, Roman, scared the ever-loving fuck out of me when I watched this movie for the first time. Wait, 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 wait. Because, well, oh yeah, this is all in one. Yes. Eh? Okay, yeah, this yeah, scene. yeah, yeah, yeah. Stayed with me. Oh yeah, for years. It, look, it caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh shit!" It put me into where I would have normal, regular, occurring dreams mm-hmm. that I was somewhere like this, and I knew something like this was about to happen. I'm trying to get the fuck out, and I can't. Mm-hmm. Or I know, like from dusk till dawn, everybody's about to vamp out, and I'm the only one that knows it, but I can't get out. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about how. Tarantino in From Dust Till Dawn might have been heavily influenced by this scene. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is the Reverend's like, I can only offer you these words of peace. And then the kid's dad's sitting there and he's like, There is no peace! It's only private justice! Like, ah, that jerk! Nah, he's trying to give a sermon! <laughs> so then he's like, he tries to talk some more and he's like, Reverend, the return apart. <laughs> and then, like, and two birds. Here's what's scary. This is how they set this up, though. While he's preaching, like before anybody fucked out, like mm-hmm. people were like staring at him so like hard, sinister, hard. Like, oh, like, I was like, dude, what are they mad at him for? Before you realize it's a dream, mm-hmm. even the lady playing the organ yeah. is looking back at him like. You piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, yeah, then everybody starts wolfing out. Mm-hmm. The sheriff, the kid's dad, the gas station dude. Lady playing the... The lady playing the organ. And everyone turns into a fucking werewolf and starts attacking him. He's like, no! And you look over... And the lady at the organ's a full-blown werewolf now, just banging on the organ, and it's all bloody. bloody. And mm-hmm. chaos ensues, and all hell breaks loose. 
And then the the Reverend wakes up in a cold sweat. No! It huh, wasn't my huh, doing. Huh, it wasn't huh, my it's choice. It's not my fault. It's yeah, not my fault. Which was the dead giveaway right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why when I was a kid, it never I never caught on. Because mm-hmm. as an adult, I'd have been like, oh shit, he's the werewolf. That's why he's having these dreams. It's not his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, but you can think watching the movie though that he's talking about everybody dying when he tried right. to stop them right. that it wasn't his fault. Right. But he's in his cold sweat. He's like, oh god, oh god, please let it end. <laughs> anyway, so then now the fair is closed and the fireworks have been canceled, and Marty's pissed. Mm-hmm. He's fit to be tied. Mm-hmm. And so Marty's upset about the fireworks, and Janie's like, oh no. Marty's not gonna get what he wants. She's really like he would have little would, jerk. He would have stood up to whoever shut it down, but he couldn't. He couldn't. <laughs> All the streets are empty in the town. Everybody's locked the fuck up. So now they're back at their house, and the family's having a barbecue. Mm-hmm. They might as well have a barbecue on our own. So then, um, Marty is on the other side of the house help, 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 helping Uncle Red with something in the garage. Mm-hmm. But he's got like the door shut. And he's just like reaching his hand out. as like, Phil Screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Scalpel. Scalpel. Lightsaber. <laughs> so then Red asks, this is great. I have to read this. Red says, where's everybody at? And he goes, this is what Marty says. Mom and dad are lighting the barbecue. Janie's walking around in her new clothes, showing off her tits, acting like no one's ever had tits before her. <laughs> Can we back up for a minute? Because later on, they're sitting at the barbecue table. Mm-hmm. The only people there are Uncle Red, her parents, Marty, and she has a friend with her who's a girl. Who was she showing her tits off to? Was it her friend? Huh. Is she a lesbian? I don't know. Mm. These are questions that I wonder about. Mm. Anyway, so I just thought it was funny. That's such a like eleven-year-old brother thing to say. I think, which is kind of weird. It's like in Night of the Demons. Mm. Have you seen Night of the Demons? Is that where they're in the house? Yeah, the yeah. house. But in the beginning, her creepy little brother is hiding in her closet, watching her change. And when he jumps out and scares her, he's like, "Hey, nice tits, sis." <laughs> Have you ever said anything like that to your sister? No. Me either. It's weird. Right. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to this now. We we touched on this earlier, and I was going to wait, and then you asked, and I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. Mm-hmm. There's something... I would like to know more about Stephen King's childhood. Mm-hmm. Something. There is, a, there is a theme in Stephen King movies. Number one. The number one theme is religious people are fucking crazy, mm-hmm. which I get. If you were brought up strictly in a, like a conservative Christian or any kind of conservative religious home, I can see that being your point of view. Because mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. But it's always these kids in a dangerous situation dealing with some kind of monster and no one will listen. No one believes them. And they have to deal with it on their own. So, Hang on. I'm about to get really dark here. All right, all I'm about right, to get really oh, dark. Cool, You're cool. probably following me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Was Stephen King a molestation victim? I, I look, so if I'm not mistaken, they uh, they all. I think I read something where there says, you know, like I, I think it was an article or something where it said uh, they were tying <laughs> Stephen King like his his works to like um, I don't want to say pedophilia, but it was something to that effect to, to where like they over sexualized kids. Or yes, something. yeah, like because like if you think about it, for example, mm-hmm. um, the girl. 
she's touched. Yeah. So the, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like in the newer movie, mm-hmm. the remake, um, I've never read it, mm-hmm. but I have been told that it is much closer to the original movie mm-hmm. than the 1990 version. Right. There were a couple of parts in that movie with the girl that made me very uncomfortable. Very. You're like, oh, Which I understand shit. they were all kids and they were checking her out. But the camera angles when they were checking her out, I'm like, dude, in real life, this girl's like 12 years old. This is really uncomfortable. Like, mm-hmm. And the whole thing with her period and the dude checking her out when that was happening. And there were so many fucking, and if you haven't noticed this, New go back and watch it. There are so many close-ups of her ass mm-hmm. in that movie. I started thinking like, the fuck is up with this director like this is weird like it's freaking me out man you're creeping me out a little bit mm-hmm. and i think he was trying to to say something in that mm-hmm. maybe about the over sexualization of teenage girls or whatever maybe that wasn't the way to do it mm-hmm. i don't know i'm or sure there was, was some kind of be, statement being made there or whatever but he was trying to you know bring the book into real life right more. there's definitely some well i guess in the book there's like an orgy with all the kids mm-hmm. you know and that's weird but there's something there with stephen king's mind mm-hmm. something's going on there like he's working out some kind of demons because there's so many movies and books of his that you can talk about mm-hmm. where it's the main character is a kid battling a monster they're afflicted by something that, yeah and no one will listen to them mm-hmm. no one believes them and they always have to find the one person that'll listen, like Uncle Red, mm-hmm. or they have to band together like an it, just all the kids, because nobody else, no adults are going to listen to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're going to get to that a little later, too, about the adult and kid thing. That, and there's always this, um, so like going back to it, like you were saying, there there's this evil or that they that they have to overcome, but it's just them. Like you said, no one, their parents aren't trying to listen. It's almost like fucking uh, the peanut gallery. Oh, like peanuts. Yeah. Because no one's trying to listen. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny because Uncle Red's listening here because it's funny because Marty's bitching about everything. He's like, it's bad enough. He killed Brady mm-hmm. and he killed Tammy's dad, so she had to move. But now there's no fireworks. This is some bullshit. <laughs> it's basically what he's saying, right? Right. So Red is like, let me get this straight. I love Gary Busey. He killed your best friend, ran off your best girl, and now they're in the fireworks. He's like, yeah, damn right. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I got something that might make you feel better. And he opens the garage, and that's where the brand new spanking silver bullet is. Right. It's basically a fucking motorcycle. Right. Like a mini goddamn motorcycle. It's a trike. Yeah. So he's like, whoa. He puts him on it, and uh, Marty takes it for a spin. And he's passing cars and shit. Mm-hmm. This thing's so fast. And uh, as he takes off, he's like swerving around. And Gary Busey's watching him. He goes, the kid's dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> so then Red tells him to be careful. He's like, he goes, it's really fast. He goes, yeah. And if your mom finds out how fast it is, she's pretty much going to castrate me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, do not, you know, fuck yourself up on this because I'll never forgive myself if you hurt yourself on it. So I love you. When he pulled back up, he was laying down like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you're yeah, fine. like he passed oh, shit. out. Oh my god. That's oh funny. my gosh, you're okay. <laughs> right. So then they go to eat some barbecue, and Red's getting ready to go home, mm-hmm. and he's doing the whole silly uncle. I'm gonna eat some more pie and all the food. Ha ha ha. You know. Mm-hmm. So then. uh 
He's like, walk me out. Yeah, he's like, walk me out. <laughs> no pun intended. So he brings Marty back around the building. He's like, I got something for you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you better not whip your thing out like last time. <laughs> well, at ShaneCo. At ShaneCo.com. <laughs> now you've got a friend in the werewolf business. <laughs> so he pulls out of his trunk a bunch of fireworks. He's like, I got you some stuff. This is so the bad guys don't win. Mm-hmm. And by taking our fireworks away. America. America. <laughs> he, he's like, do I have to wear this MAGA hat while I do it? He's like, yeah, goddamn right, son. America. <laughs> 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 anyway, he gives him all these fireworks. He gives him a rocket. He's like, save this one for last. Mm-hmm. It's a goddamn rocket. He's like, all right. So then he leaves, and Marty later on sneaks out his window. That's when we are talking about him. Mm-hmm. Limp legging it down the trellis to his little motorcycle thing. That's the one time you saw him kind of move his leg. But look, other than that, when he was on that box, yeah, look, he, he was really straight good. leg down that motherfucker. Right. <laughs> so he goes over to the there's there's a bridge down the street. So wait, 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 because because he, he told him his uncle tells him do not go far from the house. Right. Do right. he he made sure he's like yep. look, do not go far from the house. Right. So my thought is that fucking motorcycle is loud. I didn't notice until he was on the bridge that he can move back and forth as a yeah, regular wheelchair. Yeah, like he's kind of scooted away a little I bit. I was like, he probably like and then started, yeah. got down the street, <laughs> yep. put it in neutral. And, and it was it. funny, they were at the table when he went to walk Gary Busey out and he started he was, it up. He was dumping. And, and the fucking, uh, the, all the exhaust went into his dad's face. And he was like, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he's shooting off the fireworks on this little bridge by his house over mm-hmm. the water. He's like, yeah! He's like... For some reason, he's, he's like... Excited. Yeah. Oh, yeah! The fireworks! <laughs> and then um, you can see the werewolf stalking him through the trees and shit. Mm-hmm. So he's fired everything off. He's down to the rocket. He's gonna. He's fired everything else off. He's about to light up the rocket, and here comes the werewolf. And he's like, whoa, shit! <laughs> and he's trying to light the match all fast because the werewolf's coming. And he lights it, and he points at the werewolf and lets it go, and it smacks him in the face, in the eye. And this is where you get your first full look at the werewolf's face. Mm-hmm. I could not unsee this years later. I, it was scary when I was a kid, but now I, I don't know if you've ever seen this cartoon. I know you have kids. Remember Little Bear? Yes. The fucking werewolf looks like Little Bear. <laughs> if you don't know what Little Bear is, guys, Google it. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be able to unsee it either. You're going to be like, God damn it, Jasper, you ruined the movie for me. But no, I always thought the werewolf was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He had a very short snout. Kind of like Thor, my dog. Right. My pit downstairs. <laughs> but I liked it at the same time because it was a different take. Mm-hmm. I am a huge fan of the howling werewolves with the long snout, vicious with the big long ears. Fucking love that. It's the best. Um, also, the ones from Van Helsing were badass. 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 Anyway. Just even you, even uh, Underworld. Underworld. I like the Underworld ones, but not as much as the Van Helsing ones. They look more like the 80s style. Mm-hmm. So uh, he shoots the werewolf in the eye. In the eye. And uh, it's when you get your first good look at the werewolf. And then he books it out of there. Rawr, 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 and he takes off. And then he gets home and he's hiding in his room. And he's all scared. And then um, Marty calls Uncle Red. To tell him he saw a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny. They were talking about Uncle Red it just got divorced. Mm-hmm. He's sleeping in next, some, next some to broad. some trashy broad. That's the only way some to put broad. it out. And uh, Red tells 
him, come on, Marty, give show some mercy to your old Uncle Red. And he hangs up on him. He's not listening to him. And then the lady's like, who was that? <laughs> He's like, nobody, Janet. Go back to sleep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Skeet, skeet, skeet. He wasn't the only one that got shot in the <laughs> eye. He wasn't the only one getting <laughs> shot in the eye tonight. <laughs> <laughs> With a red rocket. <laughs> <laughs> so then Marty's fucked up the next day. He's like just sitting in his yard like. Uh. <laughs> so he tells Janie about the werewolf and what happened. And she's narrating now. Because remember, this is grown up Janie narrating the story. Mm-hmm. That's what we're watching. You kind of lose track of that sometimes. Right. And she says there was something about the way he said it that made me believe him. But not only that, is I knew that in a shadow of a doubt, he believed, he believed him. Mm-hmm. So she went out to collect cans and bottles for charity as a front mm-hmm. to check everybody to see if anybody's missing an eye. So she's going from door to door to collect. I really like this was done really, really well. Very well. Very well. Because every adult in this movie is fucking weird. Very well. And that's the way it is when you're a kid. When you're a kid, adults, especially older people are weird and every camera shot every time it was like from her view looking people were just kind of staring at her or they were just being weird you know what i mean mm-hmm. and everybody it was kind of scary and it was very um telling about living in a small town right i've never lived in a town that small i've always been a city boy but i've been to small towns and i know small town yokels are fucking weird it's it's the same kind of thing it's so crazy mm-hmm. so she goes to collect the bottles to see if anybody's missing an eye and um she doesn't find anybody so then she takes the uh bottles and cans to the church to put them in the church garage or whatever and this is such a great reveal this reveal is so good um she the pat the reverend's out kind of gardening and she's like i brought my cans and bottles back and he's like Oh, just go ahead and put them in the garage. Everything okay? She goes, yeah. My brother just really makes me mad sometimes because she's thinking he got one over on me. Mm-hmm. And then they show a close-up of the Reverend's face. Because when they, because he's... It's he's, from behind. You're seeing him from behind. He's digging and you yeah. only see him from the right side. Yep. So you really don't see it. So then they show a close-up of his face and his fucking eye patched is up. all fucking patched up. And he goes, yeah, brothers be like that. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. The Reverend is the werewolf. Holy shit. It actually got me. The first time I watched this movie, I did not see it coming. So my thought is with this, you know, again, like you said, you, you see the the dream that he has and you take it as a now dream. Now it all makes sense, yeah. You, you take it just as a dream because we've all had a weird-ass dream after some shit has transpired, right? Right. But now you're like, <gasps> that's why. <laughs> like, like I, I really can appreciate this reveal. Right. Because, again... They they it, they put it in your face and you're just like yeah yeah whatever yep. and then once they're like no that motherfucker got shot yep. you're like oh shit <laughs> so she's unloading the cans and bottles in the little garage thing and she gets scared because a mouse comes out and she falls backwards into this big ass pile of cans she falls over a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> so she falls over in a pile of cans and when she's getting up she looks down and what does she see the bat just kidding. <laughs> The fucking peacemaker is laying there, broken in half, and there's like tooth marks in isn't, it and shit. Isn't he named the peacemaker in the Suicide Squad? Oh my god, you're right. Isn't that his name? It is his name. 
So we were right. It was John Cena. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Taking my headphones off. Oh, shit. Just kidding. Um, so then she's freaking out. And then the Reverend comes in. She turns around and sees him and sees his eye. Now she's really freaked out. And he's like, oh, why, Janie? You're trembling. <laughs> she's like, you're goddamn right, I'm trembling. She's like, I think I just got overheated. He's like, oh, do you want to come in the, into the parlor and lie down? You want a soda? I'll take you home. I got some popsicles <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> Fat boy. Sonny. <laughs> so she's like, no, I think I just need to go home and help my mom with dinner. And he's like, oh, I'll give you a ride. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> she's running away. He goes, give my best to your brother. Because <laughs> like, hmm. now he knows she knows. Mm-hmm. So now Marty writes him a serial killer letter, like with the cut out I know who you yeah, are yeah with like the cut out letters like they would send into the I police I know what you did I know who you are it's I know what you are and he goes why don't you just kill yourself <laughs> I was like oh shit uh, oh shit right that's some emo shit right there so he tells him to kill himself so funny so then they proceed to troll the fucking reverend by sending him three more over the next three days and now the reverend, they show him reading it, and he, like, crumples it up into his hand. He's all pissed off. Now he's actually wearing a patch. Yeah, now he's got a patch on. And you said, uh, is that when you said he looked like David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury? <laughs> <laughs> or, no, that's when he was in the car. My mm-hmm. bad. So then uh, the reverend's pissed now. So Uncle Red's pissed now, too, because they tell him what they did. And he's like... How am I not supposed to be mad? You just told the reverend to gargle with broken glass or eat a poison omelet. <laughs> oh, my God. Gary Busey had all the best lines in this movie. He goes, I'm a little tired of playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. <laughs> I looked and looked for that scene so I could put it in the intro, and I couldn't find it, but I wanted that line in the intro. Anyway, um, now uh, they're staking, they've talked him into staking out the church. Mm-hmm. So Red's sitting there with the two kids, and they're watching the Reverend. He's like, he's painting a thermometer. Like, he looks pretty normal. And she's like, no, I knew there was something wrong with that garage. It smells like an animal den. He's like, hey, my apartment smells like an animal den, too, but I know we're all feeling so. It's a little musty in there. It sure as fuck is, big guy. It smells like Badussy. No. <laughs> There's a little werewolf down there, and he'd be shaved and trim, oh, trim, oh. trim it up a little bit. Oh, oh. I said, wolf pussy. So then, uh, now Mar- <laughs> they cut to Marty. He's watching some kids play softball. Oh, shit. And I put, now Marty is sad because he's watching kids with working legs. Right. <laughs> Every close-up is on people's legs running and shit, and Marty's on the other side of the fence like, oh. <laughs> I wish my legs worked like right. that. So, uh, now the Reverend is stalking Marty because he's parked across the street watching him watch the kids with working legs. (laughs) Watch the kids with working legs. (laughs) So then they're like, hey, Marty. And he's like, I'm going to head home now. And when he heads home, the Reverend tries to run him down. And he waits till he's on that bridge. And he's going to try to run him off the bridge so it looks like he crashed into the water because he knows... Once he's in the water, he's fucked. He's fucked. You know what I mean? So Marty kind of outruns him and causes him to like veer off the road. And he ends up um, running out of gas inside this 
covered bridge going over some water. Mm-hmm. Did that not look like the same covered bridge from Beetlejuice? Yep. I think it might be, but it totally it looked exactly like it. And it, so it was like three feet where to was, the water. Where was uh no? Because I think this is North Carolina. Um, Beetlejuice was New York, wasn't it? No, by, by it doesn't Falls. matter where it was supposed to be. You know what I mean? It, they could have filmed it anywhere. Hmm. But that's I'm almost else. certain because because isn't the town that they shot Beetlejuice at an actual town? Yes. Yeah, and but so the, is this. But that again, I know this was shot in North Carolina. Oh. Beetlejuice might have been true. I don't know. It just looked the same. Yeah, yeah, no, for I mean, sure. I'm sure there's a lot of I those. promise you, I looked at it and I thought the same shit. But, um, so now he's stuck in there. This part scared the shit out of me, too. Well, for kid. sure. Because then the Reverend pulls up to the end of the bridge and he's walking slowly and he's like, You're fucked. I don't want you to think, Marty, that I'm going to get any kind of joy out of this. I would never hurt a child, but you don't understand. Cause, I, no. He goes, I can't kill myself. That's the biggest sin that there is. <laughs> he said, I don't, you know, Alrighty he then. said something about, you know, killing an innocent kid. Yeah. So, because I, I thought he was saying that, you know, in reference to killing Brady. Uh, I think he was talking about, I'm about to kill you, but I really right. don't want to. But it's funny, he goes, you're about to have a terrible accident. Terrible accident. <laughs> you're going to fall in some water. Just then, a dude on a tractor comes by on the road outside, and Marty starts screaming his ass off for help. And the Reverend's like, oh, shit. And then you made a good point, though. How the hell did he hear him yeah, over that tractor? Track. But he hears him. He's like, Mr. Uh, whatever his name was, Galapagos, help. And he's like, Marty, is that you? He's like, you got him right. <laughs> and he turns around and looks, and the Reverend's topped in his car, and he's booking it out of there. So my thought in this moment is, as soon as he starts yelling out, covered his fucking mouth. Right? Boop. Well, it's funny, because then the guy sticks his head in a little hole, and he's like, Hey, it's spooky in there, ain't it? Spooky, huh? <laughs> so then they get home, and um, Red goes to the sheriff now because he sees the damage mm-hmm. on the wheelchair, mm-hmm. and he asks Janie, what color is the Reverend's car? She's like, blue. That, that same blue, blue paint that's on the thing right there. So now he believes that... You can see he's fighting with it. Like, yeah, but fuck. he believes the Reverend's trying fuck. to kill Marty. He's, still he's like, because he says without the, the whole wolf, and he says yeah. without the whole. It's a lot hair easier and, to take. Hair and teeth. It's right. a lot easier to take. Cool. So he goes to Sheriff John Locke, mm-hmm. and he says he's going to check it out. So then the sheriff goes to see the Reverend at night. At night, by himself, he probably didn't tell anybody where he was going. No, and he's smoking a fucking cigarette. Right. So he sees the damage on the car. Mm-hmm. Wait, the wait, wait. Car. He knocks on the door. Oh, no yeah, nobody answer. answers. He goes back into the garage. Mm-hmm. It's where the Reverend's car is at. He mm-hmm. sees the damage on the car. He's like, oh, there's some shit going on here. And then what What did he see? Um, I think that was it. The Reverend comes out with the eye patch, and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to have to take you in, Reverend. Pulls out his gun. Yeah. And the Reverend's like, it's not my fault. And he rips off the eye patch. And then he's got the peacemaker in his hand again. Right. And he bops him on the head with the peacemaker Bledger. and knocks him over. He loves that bat. No, he hits he hits the werewolf the, with the bat. He hits, oh, he hits the, the gun, gun out of his hand, hand. Mm-hmm. and then hits him over the head. Mm-hmm. The sheriff falls over and the guy's wolfing out. And we said this like in movies, like the guy starts turning into a werewolf and the person just stands with a stupid look on their face, like, 
Whoa. I'd have been in my car already. Right. See ya. Right. You been get my ass shit. Gone in 60 seconds chasing. Right. It would have been, you yeah. have to get me cut to the chase. So then he starts beating him with the bat again. He hits him in the leg. Looks like he nailed him in the nuts, too. He's dead. And now we cut to the kids. And they're sitting with Red. And they're like, all I'm saying is, the sheriff went to check out the Reverend. Now the sheriff's missing. Doesn't mm-hmm. that tell you anything? And they finally, um, they give Red their silver necklaces and pendants. The crucifixes. Yep. And they're like, we want you to turn this into a silver bullet. And he's like, the moon wasn't even full last night. And he goes, uh-uh-uh. And then that's when Janie's like, what if he's like this all the time? But the more full the moon is, the more out of control he is. And then that's when uh, Marty's like, I think he's going to wait. Until the last night of the full moon, where there's nothing of the Reverend left. Mm-hmm. So he can come after me with a clear conscience. So, um, Red goes to the jewelry guy. Mm, is gunsmith. The, the gunsmith. Gun- I'm sorry, it's a bulletsmith or whatever, gunsmith. Mm-hmm. And he goes, my nephew just discovered the Lone Ranger. Mm-hmm. And he wants a silver bullet. I wonder if I can get the turn to a silver bullet. He's like, oh, okay. The gunsmith dude is so weird. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess I could do that. And uh, he, they were, she's narrating while he's making the bullet. He's melting the silver, pouring it in the cast. Mm-hmm. She's like, from what Uncle Red said, he was more than just a gunsmith. He was an old world artist and blah, blah, blah. And he was like the best in the business. So then Red goes back for the bullet, I'm assuming the next couple of days or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, finest piece I ever done did. It's going to be pretty accurate. It's going to go pretty good. I did this and that. I put it in the molecular uh, caster there. And <laughs> I turned on the uh, flux capacitor at 180 gigawatts. And it's good to go. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's just a gag. He goes, what the fuck are you going to shoot a silver bullet out of a 44 with anyway? He goes, how about a werewolf? A werewolf. And he's like, shut the fuck up, old man. Not you two. Just kidding. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so now they're... Um, he... I don't think he really bought them a trip. I think he was distracting them and told them there were tickets waiting somewhere just to get them out of the house. Red tells the kids' parents that he won a trip to Publishers Clearing House to New York, and he gives them the tickets. Mm-hmm. He's going to give them the tickets, and they're all excited, and they're going... But I I had the feeling that there's no tickets where they're going. He just needed them out of the house for the night. Because he said it's Halloween. Right. The next full moon, as it would, mm-hmm. fell on Halloween. Mm-hmm. So they're waiting up for the werewolf now. Red's got the 44 in his lap, but they all fell asleep. They're all sleeping. Man. So no they way. wake up. Red wakes up because he almost burns himself with a cigarette. Mm-hmm. 44 flops down on the ground. And he's like, oh, God. And then. Marty's like, dude, if that had gone off, that would have been it for our bullet. We'd have been fucked. He's like, you know what? I'm starting to feel like a real jackass here. Mm-hmm. You all, he goes, I'm going to stay up all night because I told you I will. But it's almost three in the morning and nothing's happened. She's like, the moon's not down yet. He goes, I'm going to fuck. You're going to bed. I've had enough of this shit. Ten to three. Right. It's time to go. Right. So just then Janie sees the wolf at the window and she screams and Gary Busey's face in the <laughs> scene is he's more scared than she is and he didn't even see anything. Right. He's like, what was it? He's like, it's a wolf. And he's like, Marty, did you see anything? He's like, I was looking at you. I wish I'd have seen the werewolf instead. Anyway, 
So Red <laughs> thinks now Red really thinks they're fucking with him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I've had enough of this bullshit." And it's, then the lights go out. Oh, he takes the bullet out of the gun. He's like, "This is ridiculous." Mm-hmm. He's like waving the bullet around. Then the lights go out. And he's like, "Ah!" And he almost dropped the bullet right there. He's like, "Shit!" Well, it's just a fuse. It's just so, yeah. a fuse. So then. Just then, the wolf pulls another Kool-Aid man and literally comes crashing through the wall. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The whole wall comes down. And he's like, oh, no, you better just clean up for my daggett's home. (laughs) Knocks the bullet out of Gary Busey's hand. It rolls across the floor, falls down a grate. And when that happened, the first time I saw this movie, I panicked. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And that's when the werewolf came through. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> so Gary Busey's getting thrown the fuck around by this werewolf across mm-hmm. the room, everything else. And Marty is digging in the grate for the bullet. Mm-hmm. And because he tried to he tried to notice, grab it out of the air. Yeah. Did you notice there's a cigarette butt laying right next to the bullet? <laughs> anyway, he's trying to grab it. And then Janie comes over and she's like, hurry, hurry. And the wolf starts coming towards him. Then Gary Busey hits him with something. And the wolf turns around and Gary Busey's keeping him busy. Mm-hmm. Marty gets the bullet out of the fucking grate, gets it in the gun as the werewolf's coming. He points it and shoots it and hits him in the other eye. (laughs) And the werewolf's like, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. wait. As Gary Busey's fighting him, he hits him and then he makes the Godzilla sound. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you said that. It was like, was that a fucking Godzilla sound? <laughs> Look seriously, I was like, "Is that a was that fucking Godzilla?" Nothing is as bad, Roman, as in Jaws three, where they're setting off the seismic things and the sharks jumping out of the water and making that sound. Oh my god! The shark is making us anyway. Um, <laughs> so the werewolf falls back into the corner and he starts transforming back into a man, and they're watching like in disgust. Mm-hmm. As the hair starts going away and the ears start shrinking. And um, so, yeah, they're. And the dogs start barking. They pretty much start. <laughs> they're watching and he turns back into the Reverend. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's all right, he's dead. And then he jumps up. And they're like, well, that one last jump scare. One they last got jump you. scare. He jumps up and then he falls back into the wall and he's dead. And they're all sitting there. And she's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah. I think I'm all right. It's just my leg. She's like, what's wrong? He's like, I don't think I can walk. I can't feel my wah, legs. Wah. And she's like, he's like, I love you, Janie. She's like, fuck you, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary Buse is like, yeah, Marty, fuck you. <laughs> and then they roll credits. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and I couldn't always say I loved him. Until now. But I love you, Marty. Mm-hmm. Wah, 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 wah. And then they roll credits. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the movie. So, what do you think? Scale of 1 to 10. For sure, it's an 8. Hell yeah, it is. It's an 8. Fuck yeah. Like, outside of, like, the little, you know, little things here or there, it's a fucking great movie. It is a great movie. Very well done. Like, I was thoroughly... time period. Look, I was thoroughly impressed by it. Like, I was like, holy shit. And it's so good. It doesn't seem... It seems like show length. It doesn't seem movie length. It seems like it's like an hour. No, I think it was 91 minutes or something like that. But it doesn't seem that long at all. I was like, holy shit. This movie is tight. Like, so just from the plot perspective, I was telling you, you know, off mics, I was like, if they redid this movie, I can see how much they can add into this movie. But I'd be worried that they'd fuck it up. So the, the reason, like, so if I was able to remake this movie, I, what I would do is I would make sure that 
when they're sending him like letters and stuff like uh-huh. that. He could smell it. I know it's you. I'm a fucking werewolf. You were talking about that when the sheriff was there. Yeah. Like, you know, he had to know the sheriff was there and the sheriff was smoky. You know he smelled that shit. Come on. So you have to think, just with dogs alone, they have heightened senses and right. smell, hearing, all of that. So <laughs> he already fucking knew. You know, I would, I would change little things like that yeah. just to where you're like, holy shit, this motherfucker knew. So my, I think my only thought process in this movie itself that, you know, when I think about it all the way through is he had one specific reason to kill one person. Well, he was kind of describing that. Like, I killed this person because of this. I saved her life. The lady was going to commit suicide. Outside of that? Yeah, he was like... I saved her from hell because mm-hmm. she was going to kill herself. She would have gone to hell, but I saved her soul. And then... But um, the but the first guy, he just killed. Well, he was drunk. The dad. The dad was an asshole. He killed. Uh, the kid the, was a jerk. I would say he, he Everybody killed. that died had done something wrong in the movie. Like you know, I don't know about really wrong. But well, but you know what I mean? They had done like something to show they weren't the best people. You know? I don't know. I think he... He kind of was saying he there was a method, some kind of God thing behind his madness, which goes right back to Stephen King. Religious people are freaking crazy. Again, like if I if I, I like the, the movie, fact, uh-huh. I would um, I would play on that. I would say the first person that died, you know, was because right. he was, you know, seen as an obscure, you know, obscene person. Blah blah blah. You know, he was you know always drunk, and you know, I would I would justify kills. Right. You know, but I like the fact that they didn't explain, mm-hmm. like how he how, became a werewolf. Because was like, how do you think he became a werewolf? They're like, he may not even know. Mm-hmm. Because some of the legends are that the lycanthropy is born. A, well, no, it's a form of demonic possession. Damn, like you don't have to get bitten by a werewolf; you get, get possessed by a demon. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's really weird, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah, solid eight for me too. Uh, not really any BBG in this movie. There's blood, except Janie was showing her tits off. But we didn't even get to it. We didn't see it. Thank God. But blood you know. is like a two. Yeah, it was. It was if very. That. This could have been a made-for-TV movie without mm-hmm. the fucks and everything that were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was awesome. Hell yeah! So we are going to continue our blockbuster summer series. Let's see what we're doing next time. send you up against the best. <laughs> yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need for speed. Five weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. The wild card flies by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. Figured it out yet? What's that? Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis. Top Gun. I feel the need. 
the need for, for speed. speed. That's right. I'm actually surprised that Val Kilmer wasn't, you know, mentioned in the. He wasn't really a big star then. I think that might be the movie that made him. Gotcha. But yeah, next week we are doing Top Gun. Hell yeah. Freaking awesome. Uh, We're going to close out with some more Rob Zombie. Heavy Rob Zombie episode. He does a lot of werewolf songs, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed Silver Bullet. We were glad you joined us. Uh, You want to try and make it back here next week? Try. We're going to try and do this a week from now, since we're a little behind now catch up with our summer movies where we'll be showing Top Gun. Woo. Here comes Anyway. <laughs> how, baby, how? So, you guys be good. Uh, stay cool out there in the outlands of Arizona if that's where you're at. If not, stay cool or whatever anyway. Uh, watch out for the full moon and uh, we will catch you motherfuckers on the flip side.